This is episode 5 of the Dominant Man podcast. So our previous episode uh, went longer than expected. Turns out that the uh, podcasting platform right, has the limits on how long an episode should be. So yeah, so we had to break down the episode into two parts. You listen to the last part. Or if you haven't, please do listen to that episode, uh, episode 4. And we had on a bunch of uh, really important influencers. We had on um, eight influencers in the previous episode and there were influencers in the manosphere and they're talking to us about various details about how to be a man how to handle women etc uh, so that was a really great episode uh, please check that out now this is the second part of uh, that episode where i give you again more influencers very powerful and influential people in the manosphere and uh, we get to soak in their wisdom and learn from these greats uh, hope you enjoy this uh, episode. All right, let's look at uh, let's look at guest eight, and uh, our eighth guest is Path to Manliness at Path to Manliness. That's his Twitter handle, um, and what he does is he specializes in forging high value men. He's a social media expert, consultant, and coach. His website is pathtomanliness.com. He's the author of the newsletter Path to Manliness, which helps to forge high-value men. So make sure to check him out. Of course, go to at Path to Manliness uh, on Twitter. We're going to put I'm going to put the handle in the description, and then you could go check it out. So let's see. Tweet one from at Path to Manliness. He says, "Keep an open mind to entertain new ideas. The universe is always changing. The world is always changing. You are always changing." Correct. So we're talking about there needs to be a balance, an equilibrium between rigidity and flexibility. Right. So don't be just flexible and don't be just rigid. Right. But uh, you want to, of course, you need to have certain things. As a man, you need to stick to certain things. You have to have principles you stand by and you're willing to die for. And then there have to be things as well that uh, you also have to be open to new ideas. Because if you stick to just the ideas that you have, you're not going to get very far. I mean, often, especially if you are pursuing your dream, you're going to find many problems that you don't have a solution to. That's just natural. The only time you're not going to find problems that you don't have a solution to is if you are is if you are doing something that is not that amazing, something that you already know how to do. But a dream is always something spectacular, something remarkable something that you haven't the faintest clue how to do and if that is the case then obviously right obviously uh, you're going to encounter you're going to not know what to do and if you encounter if you find yourself in a situation where you don't know what to do then obviously you need new ideas so you have to keep an open mind you need to learn new ideas you need to alter the way you think and of course if you're involved in combat sports or things like chess, uh, this is kind of easy to see. You, uh, I mean, in, you know, if, if you're like involved in combat, right, and if you get, if you stick to your rigid ideas and you refuse to change, you refuse to learn, you're gonna pay the price, right, with your teeth on the with the teeth on the mat, um, and even in chess as well, right. If you're so rigid, of course, your opponent will kick your ass, defeat you, and then you'll be forced to change or quit the game completely. But in other fields, it might be harder you know, to maybe if you're doing literature, it might be difficult for you to realize. Maybe you need to have an open mind. Or if you're in a business where you guys have been doing stuff and it's always worked, you might think that 
you, you might be a bit slow because you're not being punished immediately with a lot of pain. Nevertheless, you need an open mind because, uh, yeah, if you keep doing things the way you've always done them, and if you keep thinking the way you, the way you've always thought, uh, you're always gonna, you're never gonna achieve more than you've ever achieved. Your results in life are the product of your thinking. If you can expand your thinking, of course, you're gonna expand your results. Thank you very much at Path to Manliness for the first tweet. Let's get the second tweet from at Path to Manliness. He says. The problem men face is they feel lost, adrift in life without purpose. They never seek their purpose. Instead, they seek, they seek constant destruction and escapism to avoid the pain of dealing with existential dread. It's easier to, feel, to find cheap dopamine thrills. Correct. So, yeah, if you, if you want to figure out, it's important to figure out what your purpose is. So this guy I was telling you about, uh, I consider the creator of the universe is like the great grandmaster. So you are one of the great, I mean, a grandmaster in chess always makes, always has a reason why he makes a move. Always. Grandmasters never make random moves. So the guy who created the universe, I mean, he's at least as smart as a grandmaster, right? So he's a great, great grandmaster. This guy doesn't make random moves. If he does anything, there's always a reason for it. So obviously he did not create you for no reason. There's a purpose for you being here on this planet. Uh, there's something you're supposed to do. And it's the sort of thing that only you can do. Because if, if you were brought here to do something that somebody else can do or is already doing, that would be an ev evidence of poor design. So, for example, look at any, any object like a phone or a computer. There are no superfluous parts, parts, right? There's, I mean, there, there are buttons, but every button has a purpose, right? So you never find two buttons that do exactly the same thing. All of them have a different function. There, there might be buttons that look similar, like on the keyboard, there are two shift buttons, but there's a reason why there's one on the right and there's one on the left. The one on the right is is important if you want to use your right hand, and the one on the left is important if you want to use your left hand, but. Any good designer never creates products. For example, you don't create a phone with two on buttons. They're not necessary. One is enough. Every button needs to do something that another button is not doing. That's important. And this is the same thing with, uh, of course, if you have redundant parts, then that's an evidence that you're a poor engineer. Now think about the engineer of the universe. I mean, you can say many things about him, but can you say he's a poor engineer? Of course not. None of us can imagine a life this magnificent, this detailed, this brilliant. So obviously he's not going to be dumb enough to create a redundant human being. A human being that is replaceable. No such thing. You are irreplaceable. You have something to provide to this generation. You are born to do something special. and you. But you got to take time to figure that out. But of course, just as At Path to Manliness is saying, if... Uh, if you spend your time in distractions, watching movies on Netflix, talking with buddies, drinking beer, if you spend all your time doing things like that, constantly distracted on social media, then there's no time for you to discover, you know, what the great grandmaster put you here to do. There is something, I assure you. If you spend time alone and you ask, hey, why am I here? What should I do with my life? Existential questions. If you ask those questions and you remain silent, you keep quiet for an answer. Right? Wisdom is found in silence. Silence is the mother of wisdom. Right? Uh, because 
If you stay silent and you keep quiet and you ask these questions, the first answers that will come to your head will be bullshit. Maybe the first 20 ideas about what you should do will be bullshit. But then idea 21, idea 25 will start to resonate with something at the core of your being. And you need to do this work. You need to kind of detach, unplug, as they say, and really figure out uh, what, what, uh, what you need to do. What's your purpose? What do you want to create on the planet? What kind of work resonates with you? You got to do that. And that's what we do here, right? We, I help you to identify and live your dream. Obviously, uh, your dream is also, I use it as synonymous with purpose. Like, what matters most to you? What do you want to create on this planet? Um, and if you don't do that, you're going to be miserable. And you're going to be a mean son of a bitch. And nobody's going to want to be around you because you're so mean and miserable. I mean, there are many old people, you old men around that are miserable. And you wonder, well, why is he so miserable? Why is he so cranky? And if you look down, you'll find they never lived the life they wanted to live. Maybe they, 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 they didn't want to get married or they got, uh, they got themselves married to a woman that they didn't really want to marry. Um, or they, they listened to somebody they shouldn't have. They got into a job for the wrong reasons. They spent their life doing really foolish stuff, etc. They never really sat down to think about what do I want, what truly matters to me. You gotta find meaning. And to find meaning and purpose, you gotta go below the surface and find out the, the surface is very deceptive. Appearances are very deceptive. Not everything is as it seems, you know, as Michael Schofield says. You gotta go a little deeper. So, tweet three from At Path to Manliness is choose discipline over pleasure. Choose strength over weakness. Choose action over procrastination. Your life reflects which ones you valued. Correct. I mean, all hyper-successful people, of course, choose discipline over pleasure. They choose strength over weakness. Right? All the hyper-successful people, people who are the best of the best at what they do, people who transform this planet, are all individuals who, of course, are disciplined. Of course, they're strong. They're tough as nails. And, of course, they take action. They do not procrastinate. Procrastination is a fearful nature. It's a cowardly nature. Procrastination and cowardice are synonymous. People procrastinate because they are afraid. They don't want to make a decision. They don't want to commit to themselves to something that might not work out and so on. So you want to remove this fearful attitude, right? Procrastination is related to indecision. And indecision is basically just fear. It causes you to take too long to make decisions and leads you to failure. Uh, tweet number four from At Path to Manliness, it says... Too many sleepwalk through life. They hit snooze and stay asleep. They lay in bed and scroll on their phone. They commute to work in a daze. They go to work and fake working. They go home and fake interest in their family. One day they'll wake up and see life has passed them by. <laughs> yes, yes. So you don't want to sleepwalk through life, of course, because life is, uh, life is precious. Um, of all things that you have, the most, your most valuable resource is time. It's not even money or clothing. You can get new clothing. You can get more money. You can never get more time. Time is the most valuable resource you got. And so uh, an important question to ask yourself is, I have this precious life. How am I going to invest it? How am I going to spend it? What am I going to spend it on? You cannot spend your precious life on something that's meaningless, right? on a job you don't like with people you hate, uh, earning money you don't want to earn, uh, 
spending time doing things you don't want to do. No, no, no. Sleepwalking through life. Uh, for example, I mean, many people have actually set the bar to survival, which is an insult to the human mind. It takes, you do not need a, a complex, a, a brain as complex as a human brain if you do not need a brain, right, as complex as a human brain if all you want to do is survive, surely. Think about it, an earthworm, an earthworm survives. All you need to survive, all you need is the brain of an earthworm. A dog can survive, a cat survives, I mean, come on. You cannot set the bar of your life to survival. Just earning money to feed the kids and put food on the table and uh, pay the kids school fees, that's survival. It's an insult to the human mind and the human spirit to set your bar, your target in life to survival. Even setting your bar to being above average is really mediocre because average is mediocre. Right? So that's why, I mean, you have this life, do something spectacular. Set a really tremendous bar, an amazing bar. You know? I mean, do something like Musk, you know. You don't just, uh, you dream of big stuff. Right? He wants to take, make human beings a multi-planetary species. Make us uh, live on planet Mars. That's, that's something spectacular. I mean, that's a life that's, you know, well invested into something. Or, like, think about the uh, uh, the astronauts, you know, the first guys to land, like Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. That's something worthwhile, you know. You did something special, right? Or Steve Jobs, you know, with the Apple and all these tremendous products, the iPhone and so on. Come on, that's that's something to be proud of. That's, you, I mean, life is so precious, you want to do something spectacular. You definitely don't want to sleep, walk through it. Now, everybody has their own definition of spectacular. you got to find something for you. Something that mesmerizes you. Something that, when you think about it, I mean, it makes you get it, returns you to a child. You, you want to live a magical life. Uh, a life where you did something magical. In whatever your field is, right? So, if you go in a field like soccer, you'll find someone like Lionel Messi. In his field, Lionel Messi is a magician. I've actually seen commentators who usually talk a lot, right? You know, like soccer commentators, sports commentators. I mean, those guys talk a lot, a lot. They always have words to describe everything. But I've seen them uh, speechless, being moved to not knowing what to say, right? When they watch Messi do some of the things he does, dribble past seven defenders, score impossible goals. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I've been moved to tears several times by just watching what Messi does on, uh, on the football pitch, right? And, and that's a life well invested. You want to do that in your field, whatever it is, writing, teaching, dancing, I don't care, man, working in the garden, whatever it is that you do, man, you want to do something spectacular. Come on, don't sleepwalk through life. Right? Uh, you are born to do something spectacular. Right? Um, tweet number five uh, from at Path to Manliness. He says, you can only fight the way you practice. Uh, Miyamoto Musashi. <laughs> correct, correct. Um, yeah, I think also Tim Ferriss uh, talks about it. Uh, I think he likes to mention a quote similar to that about you do not um, basically when you go into when you go to perform, you do not rise to I don't know the level of the occasion or whatever. You fall to the level of your practice. So you're not really going to do. Uh, I mean, if you're not prepared, if you don't practice at whatever it is that you do. Don't expect that on game day, suddenly you're going to turn something on. It doesn't work that way. And so when you see, for example, Kobe Bryant or um, 
Dwayne Wade, um, or I was missing somebody, somebody I wanted to mention, LeBron James, right? So when you see somebody like that doing uh, miracles on the basketball court, it's not be, I mean, it's because they've been practicing super hard. The things they're doing on the court are things that they've already done thousands of times in practice. So that when they go to the court, they're completely relaxed. They know they can do it. They know they can perform because they've done it so many times in practice. So you want to be hyper prepared. You're not going to do a spectacular superhuman performance uh, if uh, if you didn't put in the work. Right? You, you got to put in the work. You got to do the practice. And whatever your field is, you need to practice. If you're a speaker, then you go over your speech 100 times before you give it. If you're a chess player, then, you know, <laughs> you solve problems, you, 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 you solve exercises, you analyze games, you, you think deeply about stuff, you, you come up with the new ideas, you study your openings. And when you show up in the game, then it's easy, you know, because uh, you're prepared. If you're, if you're an MMA fighter, then you, you lift the weights, man, you do what the coach says you should do, you eat the right diet, you sleep well, you meditate, whatever it is. And then when you show up on the, in the ring, you rise to the level of your training or you fall to the level of your training. This is very important, correct. Practice is sacred and uh, it, determines, uh, it determines, I mean, the results you're going to get. So this is, thank you very much. This is the fifth tweet from our guy, guest eight, at Path to Manliness. And um, please do check out uh, his newsletter called Path to Manliness. Uh, if you want to be forged into a high-value man, do you want to be a high-value man, then go and check out at Path to Manliness on Twitter. I'll add his, uh, a link to his handle in the, in the description. So, guest nine is uh, masculinity rediscovered at become a man again. So, that's his Twitter handle, at become a man again. Capital B, capital A, capital M, capital A. Anyways, you'll see it all in the description. And he helps guys become men. That's what he does. He teaches men the forbidden secrets of game, seduction, and attracting beautiful women. He helps you to unleash your inner alpha male. He's the founder of the Masculinity Brotherhood of Masculine Men who dominate their mission and women. Author of the Seduc Seduction Bible. Huh? Imagine that, the Seduction Bible. Hmm. Which helps you to become a high-value man and sleep with nines and tens. Right? So, masculinity discovered at become a man again. Uh, so let's see what he has to tell us. Let's uh, soak in some of his wisdom. Tweet one, stop living in the past. I don't care how many losses you took, how many mistakes you made, how many holes you dug yourself into. Today is day one of the rest of your life. Take massive action daily and become 1% better. You're going to make it. Correct, correct. Um, this is the difference between being human and being a dog. A dog, uh, a dog's future will always be like, t like its past. But the human being, as human beings, we have the capacity to alter vibration. And when you say alter vibration, why is that so amazing? Your life is an exact match to your vibration. And your vibration is basically the ideas that you believe. Right? If you change your belief system, you've just altered your vibration. Now, no animal on the planet other than human beings can alter vibration. So... Animals are always born with a vibration set in. They have been set, for example, to have sex at a particular time. They've been set to grow to a particular height. They've been set to behave in a particular way. For example, cats 
Whenever they want to take a shit, they scratch the ground, they put a hole, they shit inside and cover it. They come programmed to behave in this way. As a human being, as a man, you are born with some basic settings for survival. But then the creator actually left it up to you. You can alter vibration. You cannot predict what a human being is going to become. You cannot predict what a typical human being does. Other than the basics of eating, shitting, fucking, we are tremendously different. And so one human being is going to spend his days on the dance floor. Another human being is going to spend his days as a DJ. Another human being is going to spend his days as a criminal. Right? Another one is going to spend his days in teaching students, inspiring people, whatever it is. So you have the capacity to create your future. Never forget that. You are not. You can change your address. You can change your future. You, your future does not have to be like your past. So actually, stop dwelling on your past. If you dwell upon it, you'll recreate it in the future. Right? Because again, if you whatever you think about a lot becomes your dominant vibration. So if you think about your mistakes and the holes you dug yourself into, then basically you're setting yourself to that vibration. Guess what? That's exactly what is. That's exactly what you're gonna attract into your life. Um, you're going to have ideas, the same kind of ideas that screwed you up in the past will come to you again. The same kinds of friends will come to you again. The same kind of work ethic that made you fail will come to you again. If you want something different, you got to alter vibration, which means you got to imagine a magnificent future. Imagine your dream life. And then you want to become obsessed about it. right? And that alone is going to lead to the necessary transformation. This obsession with your goal will make you do the work. It will make you meet the right people. It will make you kick the right people out of your the wrong people out of your life. Right? So today is day one of the rest of your life, correct? Today is a blank page. Today does not have to be like yesterday. Today can be dramatically different than yesterday. Alright. So tweet number two from at become a man again. Most male friendships are accidents. You are in the same class or same locality and decided to stick along with each other. You try to rise above in life but don't have anybody to relate to because your accidental friends are still holding you back. Tragic. Yes, um, this is one of the differences between successful men and losers. Uh, weak men, correct, they don't choose their environment or they don't choose their friends. But uh, strong men do. Successful men do. So your environment is dramatically important. It determines, actually, it's one of the major factors that determines how your life will turn out. So you can make the choice to deliberately choose your friends. And especially now because we have the internet, um, before, I mean, now what you could do is uh, you could actually choose your friends. Right? So for example, you have the capacity right now, maybe it might be hard for you to physically get into contact with, let's say, a multimillionaire. But God bless the internet, you can actually become friends with a multimillionaire. I don't even mean by emailing them, but of course you can do that. Like For example, if you go to any multimillionaire or billionaire, let's say Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, right, or any billionaire or some old guy like Dan Pena, if you got any of them and decided to listen to them every single day for let's say an hour a day, maybe every day for an hour you listen to Elon Musk, or you listen to Dan Pena every day, an hour, every day, an hour, every day, an hour, then Dan Pena will become your friend. He'll be with you. It, 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 that's basically a friendship. You've just chosen your friend right there. And if you, you become like your friends. So if you surround yourself with hyper-successful people, the top performers in their, in their field, 
Michael Jordan, I mean, the great presidents, I don't know, Abraham Lincoln, I don't know, uh, Rockefeller, these kinds of people, Thomas Edison. If these are the people you surround yourself with by reading their books, uh, listening to them, then obviously you're going to turn out like them. That's how it works. I mean, but then you, uh, but usually you have to be consistent. So some people have too many friends. So you want to be consistent, I think. This is important. So if you listen to, let's say, one speaker today and another speaker tomorrow and another one the day after, maybe you've been listening to different speakers for a year. Uh, it, it's not as impactful as if you chose one guy. Actually, I recommend this. And from, in my case, I recommend someone like Bob Proctor, for example. Take Bob Proctor and listen to him every day for an hour and think deeply about what he says. I assure you, your life will change because your way of thinking will change. But when, when you keep switching around, of course, it doesn't work so well. But you can choose your friends nowadays. And of course, don't hang out with people who uh, are not conducive to your future. That's the wrong environment, wrong soil. It's going to lead to failure. So I'd become a man again is right about that. Tweet three from I'd become a man again. Behind a successful man, there is indeed a woman. A woman who left him the fuck alone and let him do his, do his thing, not causing drama and throwing fits. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, this is true. Um, but look, a woman can help you become successful if she creates indeed a conducive environment for you. It's actually really powerful stuff. When you're in harmony with a woman, I mean, she can just... Uh, you know, emotion is part and par parcel of your success, actually. Emotion is very important. And the, the emotional state you're in determines the kinds of thoughts you have, the kinds of decisions you have, etc. So you want to be with people who uh, make you feel good, uh, people who uh, make you feel good about your future and so on. So if you're in, a re in such a relationship with a woman and she's really supportive of your future and makes you come out of the, leave the house every day with a smile on your face, that's a very good thing. That's a very good thing. That can actually accelerate your success. But uh, do you need a woman to succeed? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, th there is no such principle. Um, there is no such principle of success. As, uh, there are many principles of success. One of, them, one of them is not a woman. No. No. You can definitely succeed without a woman. Uh, the principles of success, none of them is called woman. You just... It's actually pretty simple if you think about it. Right? You have a clear goal. You clearly define it, right? Next is you become obsessed with this goal. The obsession will lead you to create a plan. The obsession will lead you to take action. And uh, look, and then you just keep doing this and, I mean, you, you make it happen. It's not, Success is simple. It's very easy. Um, I mean, easy, it's simple, but of course, uh, there is a hard road, right? You face a lot of obstacles, but... Uh, Definitely you can do it, but you don't need a woman to do this. Uh, uh, I mean, the people who say behind every man is a great woman, they usually tend to make it seem like you do need a woman to succeed. You don't. Not at all. So this is not like an essential in your life. That's why don't just do things because everybody's doing them. Just because everybody has like a woman living with them doesn't mean you should do it. Just because everyone has a wife doesn't mean you should get married. Think about it for yourself. Uh, certainly, the reason to get a woman is not so that she can help you become successful. Like I, like I was mentioning before, uh, most women are dream killers. They actually uh, don't want you to succeed. Part of the reason is if you succeed, you'll have more options and you'll dump them.
they know this and so and i've actually i've actually i was shocked when a woman said this to me herself but yes i was asking about her boyfriend and asking about uh, you know what if he became more successful and she said well you know if he becomes more successful um yeah you know maybe he, he might find another woman or something right so subconsciously subconsciously women know this so there, certainly this is not a reason to get a woman so that she can help you succeed no way no way uh tweet number four from at become a man again he says most guys need to stop searching for a magic pill and start building themselves up. Yes, uh, this there is no Eldorado. There is no Philosopher's Stone, man. Uh, yes, uh, success is not the result of magic. No. Success does not happen by chance. You don't become, especially the kind of success we talk about on this podcast. We are talking about dreamers. becoming. Uh, we're talking about a dream. A dream is something spectacular, something magnificent, something that just shocks everybody, something that inspires humanity. This kind of thing, uh, this, this kind of dream is not something that happens by accident. You don't accidentally become president of a country, no way. Right? That, that's, that, that, that's a tremendous accomplishment and it's, uh, it, it doesn't happen by accident. It's the result of hard freaking work. Right? It's a, it's a, there's a process. Success is a result of correct application of certain principles. All of nature operates by principles and laws. There are principles governing everything in nature. There are, there are principles governing how trees grow. grow. There are tr principles governing how uh, the fish move in the water. There are principles of motion. There are laws of biology, laws of physics. All of nature functions by laws. Why would you think that there's, this is an exception, that there are no laws governing success? There are. In fact, success is an exact science. There are certain principles which, if you apply them, guarantee that you must succeed. Right? So, again, I'm using the word guarantee. I'm using it carefully here. Right? I'm trained in mathematics. I studied mathematics, and they taught us not to talk about exactitude this way. You've got to talk about probabilities. Increases the probability, the likelihood that you can succeed. I'm not, I'm not using the word probability or likelihood. I'm not talking about percentages. I'm not talking about the law of averages. I'm saying there are principles which, if you follow them, guarantee that you must succeed. So if you have an idea in your mind, any idea, however crazy it might seem, so long as it is clearly manifested in your mind, I assure you, there is a science that will guarantee that this idea will become a physical reality. So, of course, I talk about part of it in this podcast. And, of course, if you talk about me personally, or talk to me personally, I can also show you how to do it. But either way, even on the podcast, just listen. Uh, if you listen, uh, you can learn about it. And if you want to learn more about it, of course, other things you could do is read. You know, read, uh, read actually, I say study. Forget about it. Reading is for losers. Losers read, successful people study. Study a, a book like Think and Grow Rich. Assume it's a textbook in college and study it deeply, line by line. And what you'll discover is that success is an exact science. There are certain things which, if you do them, can already predict your future. Okay, so most guys need to stop searching for magic pill. There is no magic pill. The, they are, the, what you need to find out is the principles. What are the principles of success? Find out what they are and then obey them. And then the law guarantees results. Just like if you put the right seed in the right soil and you do the right stuff, you pour the right ingredients and the right manure, the seed must grow. This is a fact. It's also the same with you. Your dream is a seed. 
and there's the right so if you put your dream in the right soil and you water it with the right nutrients and you do the right stuff you must succeed your success is 100% guaranteed All right so this might sound radical to you but uh, i mean I, I i don't i'm not just saying stuff here i'm talking about stuff i know that i've thought about deeply and i apply daily in my own life so i'd become a man again thank you for that as well i'd become a man the tweet 5 from i'd become a man again he says unpopular opinion most beautiful women are replaceable but most high value men are not this is why the top 1% of men sleep with 90% of the beautiful women yes correct so yeah this is kind of an illustration of what is called the pareto principle right the pareto principle says that uh, things are not always equally distributed for example apparently maybe you might find that apparently like a small percentage of beer drinkers let's say maybe 10% of beer drinkers drink 90% of the beer in a country you might find that 10% of the population or let's say 10% of the population makes 90% of the money you can find things like this right um if you go to let's say a field like language learning uh maybe there are thousands of activities you can do in language learning but you'll find that uh maybe only 3 of the activities bring about 90% of the results so this is also true in the case of uh the sexual marketplace most women want a certain type of type of guy and they always want a guy nowadays in the modern world western world they want a guy who makes six figures he's a certain height his dick is yay long and so on so that's you'll find that that's probably like 1% of the population meets all their criterion so obviously and all of them are going for that guy correct um of course you can become that guy you can become that guy by learning game by becoming successful by making money you can become one of the 1% that sleeps with the 90% of women um and of course those guys are hard to replace right so women are easy to replace beautiful women are easy to replace because uh, i mean women don't do anything to become beautiful they're just born that way and nature produces beautiful women every day in the form of babies right baby girls eventually turn of of the baby girls that were born this second there's going to be some fraction of them that's going to turn into beautiful women when they're 18 and so on 16 17 18 they're going to turn into beautiful women one day so there's always an there's a never ending supply of beautiful women hot women but yeah when it comes to successful men that's not so easy to find right because successful men are not made by nature um, successful men are self made uh they do certain things they think in a certain way uh, they make their life whatever they have they've earned it it's not the result of luck right it's not accidental all right so that's the fifth tweet from our guy at become a man again um and make sure to check him out as well uh check out his seduction bible which helps you to become a high value man and sleep with nines and tens wouldn't you want to do that sleep with nines and tens so do check him out at become a man again i'm putting that i'm putting that twitter handle in the description uh, in the description of this video i meant in the description of this uh, <laughs> podcast all right so let's look at guest guest 10 guest 10 is masculine peak brain at masculine peak so 
He gives men the hard and necessary truth about women, masculinity, and cultivating power. That's what he does. Uh, helps men to climb the mountain of life, to reach their masculine peak and stay there. His website is masculinepeak.com. He's the author of Alpha Frame, which is a guide to bulletproof, bulletproof frame. This is also available on his website. So make sure to check it out. Uh, his Twitter handle is at, at masculinepeak. So tweet one from at masculine peak he says fact men on a mission are magnetic to women yep women are attracted to men who are on a mission men who have a vision remember we said they're looking for a leader why would women be attracted to men on a mission i mentioned before that women uh, are the child bearers so they're genetically biologically programmed to look for high earners and they also are naturally attracted to the traits of high earners one of the traits of high earners is that they have a mission. Right? They have a mission. They have a future. They're going some, somewhere. So if a woman sees these traits in you, she becomes more attracted to you because she knows down the line you're going to be rich. And so she attaches herself to you so that she can benefit from your money when it comes. Right? So this, this is another good reason why you must be on a mission. You must pursue your dream right? because it will, of course, make you um, a, a pussy magnet. Tweet number two from At Masculine Peak. Iron rule of life. Don't take criticism from someone if you wouldn't take advice from them. Yes, this is important. People are full of comments. People are full of opinions. And if you let yourself be driven by, your, by their opinions, you'll never get anywhere. And when I talk about people, I mean random people, but I also mean people closest to you. Your parents, your girlfriend, your wife, your sister, your brother, all these people. Uh, they have, they're full of comments. They feel like they know you and they know what you're capable of just because they lived with you for a long time, but they don't know shit about you. Nobody knows shit about you. Your, your future is tremendous. And nobody can really cancel you. They don't know what you could do. And uh, of course, yes, this part about being selective about, about the advice you take from people, that's very important. So generally, don't take advice from people who uh, have, have not produced any results. That's very important. You want to take advice from, from people who have produced uh, results, from people who know what they're talking about. So as a general rule, you need to, have, you, you need to exercise your will. Your will is one of you, the, the greatest gifts ever given to us. It allows you to accept and reject ideas. You don't have to accept everything that's said to you. With most people, you should reject almost everything they say. Right? So most people have nothing of value to contribute. So whenever they speak, you don't tell them that you're rejecting what they say, but mentally you just throw all of that in the trash can. Right? Especially when they start talking about money or success, you just throw it all in the trash can. They have no idea how to succeed. And then you need to find a few people who know what they're talking about. And for these people, you can listen more openly to what they say. You don't have to be so alert. But with other people, you have to be because your society... Like any, if, if I say something to you and you don't reject it, it means you've accepted it automatically. It goes into your subconscious and it starts to program your mind and all of your actions. It controls the way you think, the way you feel, the way you act, and of course it also controls your results. So part of the reason why you're a loser right now, why you haven't done anything tremendous in your life, is because you listened to your parents. Right? Your parents were losers. They're all failures. I mean, they're broke people. They never, they were not hyper successful. They all, they all had crappy philosophies that never worked for them. And uh, now, of course, because when you're a kid from age one to seven, uh, 
you listened to everything they told you. You never questioned what they told you because you were a kid. And so they programmed all their garbage ideas into your mind, all their mediocrity, all their laziness, all their, uh, their, their crappy ideas about money were programmed into you. And so you, your future was basically set by the time you were like age seven. So if you want to change this, uh, if you want to change this pattern, reprogram yourself to succeed, one of the first things you got to do is, uh, right, uh, be careful who you take advice from and reject what most people say. Very likely, it means you're going to have to reject what your parents say. That's important, uh, being a man, right? Because, look, if you don't do that, you're going to end up like your parents. Let me just say it that way. This is what I tell, I tell my clients. Look, if you don't change the way you think, or if you don't make any dramatic changes, you're going to end up like your parents. And for most men, that gets the attention. Right? Because I've not, I've not met a single person who wants to end up like his parents. A single, I've not met a single man who wants to end up like his father. Do you want to end up like your dad? Probably not. Do you want to end up like your parents? No. Do you want to earn the money they earned? Do you want to make the kind of impact they made on society? Nope. Because your parents were losers. So you need a new blueprint. right? Shut your parents out. Shut out your relatives. Start listening to people who uh, know what they're talking about. Uh, if you, I mean, in whatever your field is, if you want to be a billionaire, listen to the billionaire. And don't listen to your broke father. Don't do that. All right. So, okay. Tweet number three. This is from at Masculine Peak. Fact. Women gain respect from being pitied. Men gain respect from being powerful. Whatever you do, don't play the victim. Correct. Uh, yes. Uh, look, I mean, just asking for pity, asking for people to... Uh, Playing the victim, that works wonders for women. Right? If a woman plays the victim, you know, men are willing to already pull out their credit cards and pull out their wallet you know, and f find a way to save them, save the damsel in distress. It's, this is a perfect strategy for women to look weak and helpless. But for a man, n nobody gives a shit about you, man. Nobody gives a shit about you. So if you play the victim, I mean, I mean people will kind of look sorry for you, but they, they don't respect you. I mean, nobody's going to pull out his wallet for you because you're playing the victim. Nobody's going to pay your bills because uh, you're, you're so helpless. Uh, there's no such thing as a <laughs> nigger in distress, <laughs> a man in distress. There's no such thing, man. Uh, damsel in distress, yes. Not a man in distress, not a no, boy in distress. That, that, that phrase doesn't exist. There's a reason for that. Right? So don't do this weak shit, man. You want to take the path of responsibility. You're a man. Responsibility is liberating. If you're responsible for something, then you have control over it. That is power. If you're a victim to something, then you have no control. You're weak. Tell me, what do you want? Do you want power? Do you want helplessness? You decide. Tweet number four from At Masculine Peak. There are millions of girls out there, but there's only one you. Never let a girl dictate what you do. Yes, uh, we talked about this before. Do not take leadership from women. Do not do it. Uh, no. I know society has told you that, uh, yeah, right, women can be leaders just like men. Uh, here's the thing. Um, yeah, if you let women lead you, they will lead you to the easy path, and they will also... Basically, women are tremendously emotional, right? Uh, they lead with emotion. So they're going to make decisions based on how they feel and not so much based on fact. And if you follow them, you're going to follow them into their bad decisions. 
and find yourself in a hole. And then typically they're not going to take responsibility for having dragged you into the mess. They're going to blame you for it. So don't go down that path of letting women dictate, uh, yeah, dictate what you do, drive your decisions. Yeah, d don't do it. Actually, there was something I wanted to say about this. I've also just forgotten. Um, yes, so I was saying this. Uh, I mean, in history, we read about many empires, right? many empires in the past. Empires in China, empires in um, Rome, right? Uh, I mean, United States could be compared and could be called an empire. China could be called empires, Russia, etc. All the empires you've ever read about in history were led by men. At least they were created by men. So not a single empire was created by women. There's a reason for that, right? Because society functions well when men are in charge, right? This, is, this, this job of leading, running a society um, uh, is best suited to men, right? So that's why when, when a man is not a leader, he feels like crap. When a man is a leader, he feels good. On the other hand, if a woman takes on full leadership traits, Right, uh, and especially they, they have to take on more masculine energy, right? Like the woman CEO, whatever. She's a man, basically, a man with a pussy. Right? She's definitely not attractive, and she herself realizes she's out of balance. Right? So typically, they have to balance it out. The, the wise ones do, right? So if they're female CEO, but they find a way to also remain a woman because to be a CEO, you have to be a man, right? And even if you're a woman, you have to develop masculine traits to be a CEO. Right? Because if, uh, if you're compassionate and emotional, I mean, you're going to be eaten for lunch by your competition, right? So you have to be masculine, tough, etc. So even female boss chicks have to become men to succeed. Right? And then um, usually the ones who are smart, they also figure out a way to remain women, right? to remain feminine, be in touch with their feminine. But that's rare because society doesn't even encourage them to be feminine anymore. So, uh, yeah. But society functions best when men are in charge. Women are happiest when they're led by men. This is, uh, this is a fact. It's, it's part of human nature, and it's been the case throughout all of recorded human history. It's not going to change. Uh, we can't change it through social engineering. Sorry. So this is another one from At Masculine Peak. I agree. Tweet number five from At Masculine Peak. Nothing can destroy iron except its rust. In the same way, nothing can destroy you but a toxic, unhealthy mindset can. Hmm. So, yeah, this is an interesting tweet uh, from At Masculine Peak. Yes, indeed. Uh, nothing can destroy iron except its rust. Yeah, iron... The point is that um, iron is not destroyed from the outside. It dest it's destroyed from within. It kind of... Its own rust destroys it. I never knew this, but it's an interesting idea. Uh, yes, nothing can destroy you. Nobody on the outside can destroy you except for a toxic, unhealthy mindset. Yes, this is absolutely right. So in society today, we've been taught, especially if you've gone to college and you've learned a lot of, um, I mean, I guess a lot of theories, you know, uh, ideologies that don't have much to do with the reality. Um, I mean, they've emphasized the importance of your environment that, um, and okay, we must say environment is important. Right? So people talk about your zip code. So your zip code has a great 
uh, impact on what kind of person you'll become in the future. This is true. If let's say you have seven brothers and all your seven brothers went in, went to jail, the likelihood that you're going to go to jail is very high. This is true. Or if you're, I mean, your parents were crack dealers and there was like, there were shootings all over the place. I mean, all your buddies were gangsters. You're probably going to be a gangster. That's true. Uh, these are facts. So the environment where you live is, of course, uh, very important. But, um, of course, you know, there are people who make it out of the worst environment. So somebody is born in a neighborhood or in a family where all his parents are broke, everybody's broke, and yet he becomes a billionaire. These kinds of things can happen. And it has happened. People have come from complete broke to becoming extremely wealthy. And um, the reason they become that way, they might not understand why. Most people don't know why they're successful. Most successful people don't know why. They are unconscious competence, right? as Bob Proctor will call them. And there is a science that enables you to... Uh, the principles of success are independent of your environment as well. So what determines, ultimately, if you boil down to it, what determines your success in life is purely the way you think. It has nothing to do with your environment. Your environment is always a mirror of what you believe to be true. So... If, let's say, you are, you found yourself in a gang neighborhood and everybody, your mom's a crack whore, etc. And then you held on to the mindset of a billionaire. Pretty soon your environment would change and you would live in an environment that fits with your mentality. So it's not, it's not, uh, it's, it's not really the environment that creates your men mentality. It's your mentality that creates the environment. So basically your success is really within you do not need any resources. You don't need any buddies. You don't need any sort of advantage to succeed. All you need is a proper mindset. Once you start thinking properly, everything will fall into place. Right? Uh, think about it. It's, uh, your actions are determined by the way you think. If you want to change somebody's behavior, you don't, need to, you don't need to alter their behavior. If you want to change somebody or you want to get somebody to behave in a particular way, the most efficient way is to force them. So in Africa, for example, we had uh, colonialism, right? We had colonialism where people came from Europe back in the day uh, and they came and they colonized, right? Uh, they, they colonized us in Africa. Well, many years after the colonialists left, right, uh, people were still behaving in Africa the way the colonialists wanted them to behave. Why is that? Because the colonialists were smart. They did not just come and put you in chains, put us in chains and beat us up and stuff like that. They did something much more intelligent, which was to dominate the way we think, right? By telling us, hey, uh, uh, look, you can't do anything without me. You're a nobody. You're not creative. You can't do anything. They dominated the way we think. Uh, you're incapable of leadership. Without me leading you, you'd be nobody. But once this idea seeps into your mind, once you believe such a thing, even if the colonialist leaves, man, uh, we're just going to destroy ourselves. And that's what, that's what has happened in Africa like for a long time. It's maybe now we're waking up, but it's, it's been that way. And, I mean, we took on the traits of the colonialists because, and we took on the mentality that the colonialists taught us. So this is the same as well, right? So your mentality is very, very important. In fact, I would say it's the most important thing. So if you have the proper mindset, your environment doesn't matter. You do not need any kind of advantage. 
Success is purely the result of the way you think. Because the way you think controls the way you act. That's important. Um, if I want to change your behavior, all I got to do is change the way you think. Right? So let's say if I wanted you to run out of your house right now, the least efficient way would be to try and force you to run or tell you to run. No. All I got to do is change your belief system. For example, if I, let's say, told you that, hey, look, there's a, there's a gas leak in your house and uh, look, at any moment it could explode. If you believed that statement, you'd automatically run out of the house. I didn't have to make you run. All I got to do is, I had to, all I had to do was change the way you think. This is all. So indeed, uh, your success is purely determined by uh, your own mindset. So obviously, nothing on the outside can destroy you but yourself. If you have the incorrect mentality, if you have a, an, an unhealthy mindset, as at masculine put, uh, peak puts it, uh, then it doesn't matter how many advantages you have. I mean, haven't you? Maybe you're one of these people, or, or you've seen people like this, where somebody has, uh, I mean, he's born in a first world country, he has every sort of advantage, education is free, maybe his parents are well off, he's given all the opportunities, and yet he ends up a drug addict and a loser. How come? He goes to the best university, but he still manages to screw things up there. How is that possible? This is somebody who has the wrong mentality. So even when put in the perfect environment, they still fail. And somebody else put in the shittiest of environments, born in a war zone, poor parents, ends up making it, becoming a millionaire, billionaire, or doing something tremendous, dominating a field, because he has a proper mindset. You really want to take care of your mindset. This is really the only thing you need to succeed. All these other things, discipline, hard work, are products of a certain mindset. Right. So, um, this is very important. Thank you very much at masculine, at masculine Peak for giving us this. And this is the fifth tweet from At Masculine Peak. And now, and, and now we can... Um, so, remember again to check out At Masculine Peak's uh, page on Twitter. And uh, to especially get his... Alpha Frame, right? He's, he's, he's the author of the Alpha Frame Guide, right? Which is a bulletproof, which shows you how to get bulletproof frame. Make sure to check that out, right? To get masculine frame. All right, guest 11, illimitable man bot. Uh, red pill at illimitable bot. That's his uh, Twitter handle, at illimitable bot. So I'll just call him at illimitable bot then. Um, he reveals the nature of women and builds you as a man. That's what he does. He's the author of the Illimitable Men audiobook collection, which teaches you how to play the game of life like the top 1% of men. So just like me, he's interested in making you the best of the best, not just making you uh, average or normal or any of this nonsense. Tweet one then. Respectable, respectability and perpetual blamelessness are mutually exclusive outcomes. If it's never your fault, you're not an adult. Correct. Mutually, mutually exclusive means that the two things cannot happen at the same time. Right? For example, it's impossible if you're in a race with more than one person, it's impossible for you to be the first, uh, to, 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 be the first uh, to be the first and the last. It's not possible. So long as you have two or more people. Those two events, winning and losing a race, are mutually exclusive. So in this case, it's saying respectability and perpetual blamelessness are mutually exclusive.
It means that those two things cannot happen at the same time. If you're going to be respectable, then you're going to have to accept blame. And if you don't want to take any blame, then obviously no one can respect you. Because the only men that get respected are the men who take responsibility. If, uh, and taking responsibility means also accepting the blame. If things go wrong, it's, it's my fault. It's nobody else's fault. You got to take this attitude, really. Um, um, I mean, you're not a woman. A woman has a choice about taking responsibility or not. But as a man, nobody's going to touch you right? if, you have, if you're not able to take responsibility. And it's this responsibility, responsible attitude that makes you respectable. In fact, the more responsibility you take on, the more, the more respectable you become. And also, most importantly, the more powerful you become. Imagine if you considered yourself to be responsible for everything that happens on the planet. Everything. At first, it, I mean, on first thought, it might look like a tremendous burden. I mean, people do stuff, they shoot somewhere, I'm responsible for it. But you got to adapt your thinking a little bit. If you're responsible for everything, it means you have control over everything. That means you're really, really powerful. Right? Think about the most powerful man in America right now, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is responsible for everything that happens in the country. If you somehow got pissed off and pulled out a gun and decided to you know, shoot down everybody at the bar or something, Joe Biden will feel responsible. He'll ask himself, what could I have done to make sure that uh, you did that, that this guy didn't uh, shoot up, shoot down all these people. This responsible attitude is also what makes him the president. Right? Because to be president, you have to be responsible for everything that happens in a country. Of course, if you become responsible for everything that happens in the world, you're in a sense the president of the planet. And you can extend this as far as you want. You could become president of the universe by holding yourself responsible for everything that happens. Right? If a meteor crashes into a planet, you feel responsible. Right? This gives you power because you feel like maybe you could do something about it. Maybe I can think about this and find a solution. Maybe I can save the planet and so on. This is a very important attitude, empowering attitude. Right? But you're going to have to accept the blame. This is very true. So uh, thank you very much for that at IllimitableBot. Here's Twitch 2 from at IllimitableBot. He says, the funny thing about greatness is... If you don't believe you're destined for it, you're not. Correct. Um, yes, so in a sense, I mean, some people think that uh, some other people were born to be great and others weren't. I don't think this is accurate. So greatness... Um, Greatness is something that is within all of us. Of course, very few of us will ever become great. But yes, whether or not you'll become great is determined by what you believe, as Illimitable Bot says. If you believe that you're destined to be great, then you're going to be great. And if you don't believe that, it doesn't matter what advantages will give you, what amount of coaching will give you, what number of techniques, what amount of education, you're still going to not accomplish anything. So there are certain things that are shocking in this world, right? So, for example, how can somebody with a PhD in economics be broke? It doesn't make sense. And yet we have many broke or middle class economics professors or business professors in university. That kind of looks like a contradiction. If you know so much about business and you've studied all these books, how come you really can't? Well, why aren't you rich? Why aren't you one of the most, why aren't you one of the richest people on the planet? Right? Or somebody goes to school, he studies all these books 
uh, learns uh, all these theories, gets several PhDs, but then, you know, I mean, they don't accomplish anything much in life. They're just an average person who doesn't put any dent in the universe. They just get a normal job and then they retire at 60 and die. Why is that? How could an how could a, a highly educated person be broke? A very smart person, how could he be broke? How could he not be able to cover the basics of life? Why could how could he just be surviving? The reason for that is the mentality. It's the way he thinks. It's what he believes about himself. So even if you have all the perfect knowledge about how to be great, about uh, becoming a multi-billionaire, if you have all the information. But you don't believe that you can become a billionaire. You don't believe that you that it's your destiny, that you will inevitably become rich. You never will. You never will. This is why some people choke in sports, right? You, you do all the training. In training, the guy is perfect. He makes all the shots. When you get him into a real game, he misses it. He crumbles under pressure. Why? He does not believe he can perform at that level. Right? So... Basically, you can end up, if you don't believe you're destined for greatness, you're, go, you're going to be choking all your life. Right? So this is very important. So your belief system is core. In fact, it's the most important thing. As I was mentioning before, your belief system determines how you feel and how you feel determines how you act. So if your belief system is messed up, you'll never succeed. And if your belief system is correct, it doesn't matter what kind of obstacles you're placed in. It doesn't matter what your IQ is what your talents are or lack of the or what talents you lack you're going to succeed it's inevitable it's uh, something that will happen with mathematical certainty so this is from at illimitable bot uh tweet two very good tweet three value hard work and don't make a victim of yourself do this and you're ahead of the majority already yeah so the first thing is the victim mentality most people believe, uh, most people, men and women, believe that they are victims to circumstances, right? that they're kind of helpless. I mean, what can I do? The economy is bad. There are no jobs. Or the government is, the government policies are not good. Or I was just not born in the right place at the right time. My IQ is too low. I don't have the right talent. Most people always play victim like this, blaming external conditions for why they don't make it in life. Right. So if you like this, of course, uh, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere. And he's saying value hard work. Yes, hard work is uh, absolutely important, of course. Um, of course, success is not the result of hard work. So <laughs> this is interesting, right? So obviously on this on this podcast, right, people in the, in the dominant man community are people who work hard. We said that if you're lazy, you should be working 80 hours a week. That's if you're lazy. So obviously I have tremendous value for hard work, but success is not the result of hard work. Otherwise, all hardworking people would be successful. But I mean, there's many people think about bricklayers, janitors, you know, people who, I mean, drivers of cars, maybe trucks, etc. I mean, some of these people work extremely hard. Maybe they work from morning to night all over the planet. And some of them are even paid, you know, I mean, Peanuts, man, like uh, they're barely like in in European countries, maybe not, but in places like Africa around the world, I mean, drivers and people like this, man, they're, they're struggling to put food on the table. Right. So, I mean, if they're working or like builders, uh, let's say people work in construction, right? People work in construction, 
people who do menial types of work. Those guys are hard workers. They wake up early, they work all day, uh, they work late into the night, and yet they're still broke, which doesn't make any sense, right? If hard work was the answer, surely these people should be rich. Well, you know many people who go to the office from morning to evening, they work on Saturdays, they work on Sundays, and yet they're still broke. And yet somebody else only works for maybe, when a guy can only work maybe two or three days a week and he makes ten times what they make. So clearly it cannot be hard, that hard work is the reason, right? It cannot be the, the answer to why some people succeed and others fail, of course. Right? So the, the, the real determinant is your mindset, the way you think, what you believe. That's the, that's the main determinant. But of course, that mentality, if, if the mentality necessary to become, uh, to achieve your dream, to do something spectacular on this planet also requires you to work hard. How hard you should work depends on what you're trying to accomplish. If you're trying to become above average, uh, you don't need to work that hard. Like if, if your goal is to learn a language, seriously, if you only worked 90 minutes a day after six months doing the right stuff, you'll be fluent in a foreign language. You don't need to work hard to learn a language. Just like you don't need to work hard to survive and put food on the table. Not really. If you're thinking, well, it's, it's not really an issue. But look, if you want to become the best of the best, right? if you want to become the greatest basketballer of all time, the greatest chess player of all time, you want to take the human race to an, a different galaxy. Right? If you're that kind of person, you want to you wanna win 20 Olympic gold medals. If that, if that's, that's what, those are things that arrive are called dreams. And that's what this podcast is about. Dreamers like that. If you want to do something like that, you cannot, you, you cannot be lazy. You got to work extremely hard around the clock at all times. Your dream should be on your mind. This is, this is correct. So you're gonna, you're gonna have to value hard work. So success is not the result of hard work, but if you want to achieve a dream, you got to work hard, but working hard is not enough. So if, if all you do is you work hard, man, you're going to you're going to get fucked because you need you really need to have the right mentality. You got to you got to work on your mind. And this is why in this podcast, we work a lot on your mentality, because your mentality accompanied with your hard work will help you to do tremendous things. But your hard work with the wrong mentality guarantees failure. Right. So it, it, and it must be it must be tremendously frustrating to work so hard and get nowhere. And the lazy people will laugh at you. I don't work that hard. And look, this guy works all the time and I'm doing better than him. You, you, you don't want to be that way. So, correct. If, you don't, if, you, if you're not a victim and you work really hard, of course you're ahead of the majority. Because most people are victims. Most people think they are helpless. They've learned to be helpless. And also, yeah, most people don't work hard at all. Man. Most people are lazy. Uh, they're always trying to cut corners, you know, looking for the easy way out, etc. So thank you very much for that at Illimitable Bot. Tweet number four. If you didn't come from a functional home, you probably shouldn't have kids if you're going to replicate the same bullshit you had to endure. Correct. Yeah, you really need to think carefully about uh, having children. Uh, this is true. Having children is a tremendous uh, responsibility. Basically, when you become a parent, what you have in you is you have the responsibility to build the next generation. Now, I mean, some people make it seem like you have to take on this responsibility. You don't. You don't have to. Right? You don't have to raise a kid. You're not incomplete as a man if you don't have children, if you're not a father. There are many roles you can play. You could be an uncle, if you like. Right? 
you you could uh, donate you don't have to be you don't you, you can take on responsibility in your career you don't have to be a father especially you can't do it for foolish reasons because you bring you bring you're bringing you're basically taking responsibility for the next generation and think about it right so in the first years in the early years of a kid's life and you know this because you've seen children right? children are not critical thinkers they have to be taught how to think critically that's why we have critical thinking classes which means that in the early years, maybe from age zero to around eight, kids are like a sponge. Uh, they don't question anything. So which means whatever they are told, they just accept. Whatever they see you doing, they're going to do. So if, uh, of course, look, if we said before, your results in life are determined by your mentality. So if you are broke, right, and you haven't accomplished much in life, if you're a loser, it's because you have the mentality of a loser. So... When a kid is born in your environment, they're automatically going to take up your mentality because they're not critical thinkers. They're a kid. So whatever you say, they're going to they're gonna take it in. So they're going to take up your work habits. They're going to take up your insecurities. They're going to take in your low self-esteem. They're going to take in your fears, your cowardice, all of it. They'll take it in. Uh, and then obviously, they're going to become just like you. So would you like your children to become just like you? Right. If the answer is no, don't have any freaking kids, man. Don't bring in the next generation to suffer, right? I mean, your parents should have thought about that before having you, right? Now they fed you the wrong mentality and now you're suffering, right? So now you have to fix all the mistakes that they implanted into you, right? So this is a tremendous responsibility, right? If you're going to have kids um, and you really need to work on yourself, you need to be hyper successful so that when the kids are born, if you want kids, if the kids are born, uh, then they can pick up uh, the mentality of a hyper-successful person just by being next to you. That's that's at least something. That's true. So that's very good, man. At, lim at Illimitable Bot. I love that. Tweet number five. The best way to destroy a society without bullets or bombs is to remove its gender roles. Ah, very good. Very good. Uh, correct. Um, look, this society, the society we live in, was built by men. Let's let's not forget it. Women play an important role. I mean, they they take care of childbearing, they nurture children, right? Of course, without them, the entire civilization would not exist because there, there would not be any people. So women are important. We're not going to say they're not important. However, when it comes to the key things that make a society run, such as electricity, uh, water, agriculture, um, the economy business, basically uh, things that we depend on so much, technology, those things were built by men, right? So it is typically men that construct and build society. In many cases, women are just not physically capable. Many of the jobs, women are not physically capable to do it, right? So for example, women are not really physically capable of protecting a country in terms of war. They just, their body just can't do it, right? So when it comes to things like plumbing, dangerous jobs like those, uh, th those are for men, mining, etc. Uh, a lot of this work is, is really left to men. So if you put women in it, they're not going to be as efficient, right? And it's going to actually adversely affect their health and well-being, right? So we're talking about those jobs. But also generally, uh, the, man's, the man's mindset is to, you know, dominate and conquer. As generally as men want to dominate and conquer everything. The most important... Um, fields other than the most fundamental ones i've just talked about necessary for our survival 
as a species are engineering, right? So, for example, that dance is important. But we can live without dance. Right? We can't live without really water and electricity. There's certain fields are more important than others in terms of important in the sense of essential for living. Right? So, for example, certain fields are essential for the advancement of society, such as engineering. Those are very important. Engineering, mathematics, science, medicine. Those are essential for the survival of humanity. It's only when a country has taken care of those fundamentals that people can now start doing dance, playing chess, playing soccer. Those things are secondary in importance, but I'm not saying they're important, of course. I'm a chess player myself, right? So I'm in, I'm in one of those fields which are not essential for survival, but of course very beautiful, right? But in these essential fields for survival, such as engineering, science, medicine, uh, those fields are usually are done by men. And you can see this in countries like the United States and Western countries, where they've tried to make the situation as egalitarian as possible. They've tried to encourage women to do science, math, STEM subjects, science, uh, science, technology, math. What you find is that even after being forced and encouraged to do it, most women don't want to do those kinds of subjects. They just don't. So... I mean, I, I went to college. I, I, went, I went to a college where in, in the United States where, I mean, women, no one was stopping women from taking any subject. Right? Women were being encouraged to take math and engineering and all that stuff. And uh, so this was a college that was not a technology college, but as a college that had many options. So you could take science and technology, you could take other things. And when I was there, uh, in my math classes, there was always one or two girls. Maybe it's a class of 15 students, one or two girls, one or two girls, one or two girls, right? Always like this. Even when I was a kid, right? Girls always opted for simpler subjects, easier subjects, subjects that required more emotional, emotional involvement, more social type subjects, right? History, psychology, social work. These are the kind of language, these are the kind of things that women tend to be interested in. But the, the core skills, the core subjects that are essential for the advancement of a civilization, engineering, science, technology, math, women avoided that kind of stuff. Right? It's not that they don't have the capacity to do it. Of course, they have the capacity to do it, right? So in terms of mental capacity, there is no difference, really. Women can definitely handle those stuff. But they're not inclined. They don't like that kind of work. They always avoid difficulty and move towards easier stuff, right? This is why... And they tend to be too emotional, right? And this is why uh, if you switch gender roles and you get people who are naturally predisposed to do science, technology, and math, and then you tell them not to do that stuff, you're going to destroy society, right? Because the people who would naturally be interested in STEM are not doing STEM. And then these people, these women whom you're trying to tell that they, they're just like men, when, you, when, when, when they're given a choice, they avoid difficulty. It means you don't have enough uh, tech, you don't have enough engineers you don't have enough stem people you don't have enough people learning the most important roles right and this is how a society collapses of course right and also the other thing is look about leadership leadership in a country right uh, in order for a country to work well you need good political leadership you need good uh, leadership in education good leadership in uh, let's say the workplace right um, in the workplace, let's say, in business and so on. You, you need good leadership. In the military, of course, otherwise the nation can't survive, really, generally without the military. You'll get invaded, generally. 
So when it comes to this type of leadership, um, men are better suited for it. <laughs> like th th these are the kind of jobs that uh, suit men, right? Because just of our, our nature as men, one uh, kind of leads us naturally to enjoy and thrive in such kinds of work. If a woman does it, typically they have to go against their nature. They have to become men to do this kind of work. And they're not men, no matter how hard they try, they're not really men, right? And also, given their highly emotional nature, right, the probability of making bad decisions goes up, right? If you're going to make good decisions, you have to be rational. That's what we learn in chess, right? In chess, whenever you, when chess is a purely a decision-making game, and it teaches you quickly how, how screwed up your decisions are, how, how much based in emotion your decisions are. So when you play chess, you realize quickly that if you're emotional, you lose, right? If you're, if you're emotional, you make bad decisions, right? So emotions and bad decisions are very correlated, right? So if you want to make good decisions, you have to be calm, relaxed, not think, take things personally, right? So this is the thing that women have the hardest time with. So if you put them in charge of a society, emotions are going to take precedence over logic and reason, right? And when emotions take precedence over logic and reason, bad decisions flow out of it and if you make enough bad decisions the country collapses and you can see that in the western world now where they're trying to incorporate for example more women into the military anybody who has basic reasoning capacity will know that's a dumb idea that's a dumb idea right the point of the military is to protect society you want the most capable people to do it you do not want to lower the standards so that you can be more diverse and have more women that is idiotic Anybody with a base with a, with half a brain can see that, right? But once you have this, uh, once the country becomes so feminine uh, and so emotional, suddenly logic takes a back seat, and things like this actually being encouraged, right? So this is just, of course, uh, one example. But then you also you start having school systems where actually uh, you are basically discouraging men from going to university. Because, for example, American universities, Canadian universities are anti-male, completely anti-male. Right? They, they never discuss the word masculine without adding toxic. Right? It's a terrible environment to be in if you're a man. I know this for a fact because I was in such an environment myself. It was, it was, it was hell. Right? It, was, it, was, it was hell from the male point of view. Right? I mean, you had, you, you had to walk on eggshells so you don't offend women. You can't say what you think. And I mean, and they they talk about how uh, college enrollment rates are going down, right? All over the all over uh, all over America and the Western world, right? Uh, college enrol enrollment rates are going down. What does that mean? That means that uh, you're getting. That means that uh, generally, you're getting more and more women in university and less and less men, and. Uh, the women that choose to go to university are going to avoid difficulties. They're going to avoid difficult subjects. They're not going to do engineering. They're not going to do technology. They're not going to do math. And of course, once you do this, it means you're getting less and less engineers, less and less, uh, uh, you know, you're not getting enough uh, tech, uh, engineers, enough techno tech people, right? Into, uh, you're not getting enough en enough of them, right? And this is a problem, of course, because the, the, the society needs technology and tech people to survive. And of course, if, if, if you have a competitor country who, who does not have your own feminine weaknesses, 
it's going to outproduce you in terms of having more and more capable engineers than you're producing because you keep producing just, uh, I don't know, social justice kind of students. Yeah, who have no idea. These social justice students who have uh, who don't have a clue how um, how to do anything. Right? They have no idea. They have no practical skill. Basically, mostly just consumers who keep uh, taking from the society and not contributing anything of value. So this is really correct from at illimitable bot. You want to be careful. Um, this is really true from at illimitable bot. You want to be very careful about, um, yeah, the best way to destroy a society, um, the best way to destroy society without bullets or bombs is to remove its gender roles. That's right. Um, another way to look at it is this way. Look, if you're fighting, in chess we know this, right? In chess, uh, if you're playing against a weaker player, you can use forceful means and win. We call that tactics. You could just use forceful means and win, tactical methods. But the stronger opponents get, the more uh, tactics are not really how you defeat them. I mean, in the end, you defeat them through tactics, but you start by defeating them uh, through more strategic uh, maneuvering, through uh, working on their psyche, destroying them psychologically. You have to use subtle methods to defeat a strong opponent, because if you go at him directly, he's going to defend himself. Think about a country like the United States, right? The United States has a tremendous military. They're quite possibly perhaps the greatest military on the planet, quite possibly the most powerful military in human history. Right? If an enemy of the U.S. wants to destroy America, of course they're not going to go at America directly. Right? I mean, how are you going to fight America directly through military means? You don't do that. So if somebody is looking to destroy the United States, they're going to use indirect means. They're going to destroy the country from within. Right? Just like Rome. How did Rome get destroyed? Rome got destroyed, was not really destroyed by wars, according to historians. Rome was really destroyed internally, right, when the values began to break down. Right? There are certain values that hold society together, right? For example, the gender roles are some of those values. So, I mean, these kinds of, uh, these kinds of experimentation, experimentation with gender roles, I mean, is destroying the United States and uh, basically the Western world. Um, because if you think about it, uh, and, and just uh, a simple way to think about it is this. Um, the basic unit of society is the family. Of course, the basic unit of society is the individual. But individuals are born into families. And it is families really, the, the family unit is what's, what determines what kind of society we have. So if kids are born in great families, then we have uh, great citizens. If kids are born in terrible families, then we have terrible citizens. Right now, basically, in the Western world, the family structure is being destroyed. For example, it's being encouraged. Things like single motherhood are being encouraged. Things like um, men becoming fem feminine are being encouraged. Things like women becoming masculine are being encouraged. Whenever you do this, you have a weak family structure. And you have, when you have a weak family structure, you produce weak citizens. In particular, you, produ you produce weak men. And when you produce weak men, the society falls down because men are the leaders of society. Naturally, they are the leaders of society. So when the leadership is down, everything is going to fall down. If you have a society where the men are strong, masculine, the women naturally fall in line and the society works. Look at everywhere but the Western world, any other country. 
you're going to find that the family structure is intact because the men are strong. But if you come to Africa, the family structure is intact because the men are strong. The men have authority. They're in charge. And everybody knows it. And so the women naturally fall in line and everything works out. Um, but if you go to the Western world, uh, now men are weak. So the family structure is weak. So now you have a bunch of very emotional boys and men who are not able to tackle problems. Right? And this becomes a collapse of a, of a society. And it kind of makes me sad because, I mean, countries like the United States and, um, I mean, like the United States is a country I admire a lot. So it's unfortunate if it has to go down, right, because of things like this, gender roles and so on, right? Uh, yeah, you don't destroy, yeah, the society is not going to be destroyed with bullets and bombs, but with these things of gender roles. And so maybe the society might be confused, but you shouldn't be confused. You should be clear about what your role is as a man. You're not a woman. You're not equal to a woman. You're very different. Very different. Right? So you have a nature that's completely different. You're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be in charge of things. You're supposed to have a dream. You're supposed to have lines that you're not willing to cross. You should not let women tamper with your dream. Right? The women who work with you should know that they're either on your program or they're out of your house, out of your life. That should be clear. This is... These are the basics. Men everywhere but the Western world <laughs> know this. Um, all right. So thank you very much at Illimitable Bot. Um, so that was tweet number five from at Illimitable Bot. Um, so please, uh, yeah, check out his, um, check out his uh, Twitter page at Illimitable Bot. And uh, make sure to also check out his Illimitable Men audiobook collection which will teach you how to play the game of life like the top 1% of men. All right, so let's move on to guest 12, and this is Modern Man at I Modern Man. So he inspires you to be better. He's a firm promoter of the Masterclass 24-7, which is a community, an interactive community that helps people to master social media and make six-figure incomes while they're at it. Right, so it's going to help you to do that. If you want to master social media and make a six-figure income then this is the guy to go to at imodernman so let's go through his tweets tweet number one eight keep your circle small it's better to have one or two loyal friends you can trust than 20 acquaintances you're unsure about also your time is precious spend it with the people who truly matter to you and who care for you yes that's correct so in the book um think and grow rich um, there's a chapter there that's very powerful called the mastermind principle. If we use modern terminology, we'll call it teamwork. Very important. But it is important for you to associate yourself uh, with people who you're in harmony with. That means people you like and people who are moving you to, who all of them are committed towards getting you towards your dream, towards your goal. Right? Um, this is essential. If you spend time with people who, one, you don't like, you're always in conflict with, those people sap energy from you. They weaken you. Or people who are not in harmony with your dream, people who are not in harmony with your values, that's a problem. right? That's completely unacceptable. It is really better, in fact, to go to the extreme of what I, Modern Man, is saying. It is better to stay alone than to stay with people that you're always uh, in conflict with. right? So one way to do this is just, just um, evaluate the people you spend your time with and ask yourself this. Let's say with this particular person, this man or whatever, girlfriend or whatever, let's say out of 10 interactions, let's say the last 10 interactions, 
did I come out feeling positive or negative? If you find that maybe maybe 8 out of 10 times after you finish talking to somebody you feel worse than when you than before you met them that's a sign that they have to be out of your life right especially especially you have you have to check this with women if you're living with a woman check how does she make you feel if 90% of the time you feel worse or maybe you're dreading coming home it's time to get rid of her or it's time to find some sort of solution right if you can't get rid of her you must find a solution this person is literally killing your dream you have to be very careful very very careful only spend time with people who are in harmony with your dream people who are in harmony with your future so that's a very good tweet from at uh yeah at i modern man yeah and that twitch too he says somebody's honking the neighbor twitch too help yourself first it's good to help other people but never make your own life harder just to take the weight of someone else your own peace and happiness matters just as much as everyone else's sometimes you need to be selfish correct so the word selfish has a bad name but it's actually good to, you must be selfish right so people talk about selflessness which means abandoning their own desires for the sake of others this is weak if you look at any hyper successful person any person who has done tremendous things on the planet you'll notice that they're tremendously selfish Right so I mean think about someone like Michael Jordan right and achieving his dream of becoming the greatest basket basketball player of all time right I mean that was all that matters to him he was completely obsessed with that goal anybody or anything that took him away from that goal didn't matter I mean he probably missed many meetings a lot of time with buddies probably missed children's important I don't know football game or whatever in order to practice very likely that happened probably missed a lot of time with uh, uh, with his wife right and let had to let go of all sorts of things right he had to be completely selfish and that is what made him the best and if you think about it is he really selfish because think about what his so-called selfishness did for others right this guy in particular Michael Jordan became the definition of excellence obama was talking about that he said Imagine right, people talk about if they want to describe somebody to tell you how great somebody is they tell you this guy is the Michael Jordan of boxing this guy is the Michael Jordan of investing this guy is the Michael Jordan of this his name became synonymous with excellence he has inspired generations of people to be great so i mean could you really say he's selfish on one level he is because he selfishly pursued his dream but on the other hand look at what his selfishness produced right all these compare him with all these selfless people right who don't pursue their dreams right and don't contribute much to society i mean who really is selfish if you look at it the guy who gives between the guy who gives who transforms many millions of lives and the guy who transforms one life who's who's more selfless who's more giving right so because <laughs> uh, selfishness has something to do with not giving but look if you go 100% towards your dream i would say you're the most giving person there is So don't worry about people calling you selfish. You have to be selfish. Look, if you look at the the order of things, your dream should be number 1. Everything else comes later. Dream number 1, um family, girlfriends, etc., number 2 or 3, but dream must be number 1. That's if you're obsessed and you want to be the best of the best. The best of the best are always that way. Right? The the, the dream is always the most important thing. So tweet number 3, that's a very good one from at i modern man. Tweet number three: Procrastination is the enemy. I'll do it tomorrow. 
Tomorrow turns into next week, which turns into next month, which turns into next year. Before you know it, you've wasted your years. You've wasted years of your life doing absolutely nothing. Do yourself a favor and get the work done. Correct. So procrastination, uh, we mentioned before, yes, yes. Procrastination is basically every time you procrastinate, you're training yourself to be fearful. Right? Because you're training yourself to be indecisive. Right, so you might say, but what does indecision have to do with fear? How does procrastination procrastination make me fearful in the long run? Here's why. When you procrastinate, you're delaying to make a decision. When you take a long time to make a decision, you create time for doubt and worry to come in, which is basically, you're, you're basically harboring fear. Right? For example, if let's say, uh, I mean, you were in a plane and then somebody, somebody started putting a suit on you, right, a diving suit on you and says, hey, let's jump, let's skydive. Right. If you just immediately jump out, if you decide immediately to jump out, there is no time to be afraid. Right? Before you know it, you're already in the sky and you're having this beautiful experience of gliding in the sky. But imagine if you decided to postpone the decision. Let me think about it. Let me decide if I should jump or not. What's going to happen? Your mind is going to take advantage of that moment to feed you with all sorts of fear. What if the parachute doesn't work? What if this entire suit doesn't work? What if, as I'm trying to come out, I maybe hit my arm, right? I hit, I hit my arm on uh, maybe on, on, like, let's say the door of the plane or something. What if I end up crashing into something? Right? Um, what if uh, I have some rare heart condition, which makes it so that when I'm in the air, you know, my heart is going to stop working. I've heard that when people fall from, from high places, they die before reaching impact. What if I die before reaching impact? This is what happens when you take time to think about it. You allow for fear and cowardice to come in. This is why you want to practice prompt, rapid decision-making. Don't allow fear and cowardice to, to creep in at all. Tweet number four. That's a very good one from iModern Man. Tweet number four. Nothing beats the smell of a new book. <laughs> well, this is a way of talking about just how important books are. Yes, knowledge. Knowledge for a man is really important. Remember, you said this, this podcast is for people who want to dominate their field. People want to be the best of the best. And if you want to be the best of the best, then you never stop learning. Right? So, I mean, the people talk about just getting to a decent level. Right? That's apparently an admirable thing, to be decent at something. So in your field, maybe if you're in sales, you, you just do a decent job as a salesman. So you read a couple of books until you're a decent salesman making above average and then you're good with that you, you you chill out relax and enjoy your life go to the beach spend time with the kids that kind of thing uh, so i mean from our point of view in this podcast that's the life of a loser right and you're a winner right which means of course you want to be the best of the best right so it means you you have a meticulous attention to detail you don't let anything go and in particular you're always looking to get better when people look at your, the, at your performance, all they think is wow. But when you look at your own performance, you look at all the inaccuracies, all the things you could have done better. If you're, in a, if you're in a competitive domain like chess or fighting or anything, you're thinking about all the inaccuracies that opponents might be able to take advantage of. Right? So maybe even your coach is applauding you, but yourself you're not applauding because you know you could do much, much better. This attitude, you need to, you need to acquire knowledge. So the book stands for knowledge. One way to learn about things is through reading a book, in particular studying, thinking about the ideas in a book. 
But nowadays, there are so many forms of study. Observation is also study, right? For example, if you're in a field where you can watch film of your own performance, of your competitors, I mean, that film is also a book. It's a source of knowledge. Uh, talking to people, listening to podcasts, these are the new modern forms of books. There are many types of books now. But the whole point is you want to gather knowledge. Nothing beats the smell of a new book. Nothing beats the smell of ideas, new ideas. You need those. You need to continue to grow. Because again, notice, life is constant change. If something is not growing, it's dying. There's no such thing as stagnation. Stagnation is death. And so long as you're alive, uh, you're either improving or dying. If you're not acquiring knowledge, it means you're becoming, you're decaying. You're becoming less and less relevant in your field. Don't allow that to happen. That's a very good quote from iMod at iModernMan. Tweet number five, he says, A boy becomes a man when he stops letting his emotions control his actions. I think we've beaten this point to death. Correct. Um, a successful man is never driven. A, a man is never driven by emotions. A child is driven by emotions. A boy is driven by emotions. We understand that. right? So when you came into life as a boy, not look at any boy. If he faces hard conditions, he cries like a girl. You know, he cries um, when he faces hard conditions or when he gets upset, he loses control and makes bad decisions and so on. That's okay for a boy, but when you're a man, the standard is higher, right? It's particularly not acceptable for you to cry in front of problems. Women cry in front of problems, but you're not a woman, man. You're a man. So you can't be crying and breaking down in, 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 when faced with difficulties. Your wife can break down and cry on your shoulder, but you're supposed to be stoic, tough. Right? Instead of breaking down in tears, you're thinking of the solution. You're thinking of how to turn this situation around. Think about it. If your wife is crying and your sister is crying and your mama is crying and you're crying also, who the heck is going to solve the problem? This is unacceptable. This is correct. So we finished our five tweets from at iModernMan. Please do check, it, check out his Masterclass 24-7 community, right, which will show you how to master social media and make six-figure incomes while you're at it. Right? So let's go to uh, guest number 13. And this is The Art of Purpose. Uh, at creation 24 7 intro points for him let's see he's a millionaire educator that is turning twitter into his personal art gallery he can show you how to go viral on social media his website is masterclass247.com please do check that out his twitter handle is at creation 24 7 check it out for the correct spelling in the description tweet number one from at creation 24 7 the number one rule for all young men, forgive your parents. Yes, yes, this is very important stuff. So the reason why, you, why you're a failure right now is because of your parents, 100%. It's your parents' fault. You sh they really are responsible for... Yeah, I know, I know, we talked about responsibility, so I'm just explaining a point here, yes. Um, uh, the reason why you're, you're so screwed up, why you have these bad habits, terrible work ethic, low self-esteem is because of your parents. You inherited their self-esteem and they inherited their self-esteem and mediocrity from your grandparents. And their your grandparents' mediocrity came from your great-grandparents. So basically, you're the beneficiary of mediocrity going, over, going back by generations. Right. So... Correct. You must forgive. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get to the forgive your parents part. But yes, the more you start to understand and understand how habits are formed, how uh, conditioning is formed, you'll realize uh, 
Right. When you are a kid in the first critical years of years of your life, the first seven years, um, your mind was wide open, and whatever was taught to you then became your personality. It became your self-image. So your parent, whatever your parents said about money, those that became your self-image. However your parents behaved, that became how you behaved. Whatever your parents valued, that became what you valued. And then maybe as a teenager you rebel a bit, but once you get to your late 20s and 30s, you end up just like your parents. I mean, just pay attention to your dad or, yeah, if you have a dad, pay attention to your dad or your mom or any adult you grew up with. And notice how many idiosyncrasies you have in common. Maybe you breathe the same way, maybe you talk the same way. Maybe you have the same facial expressions. Maybe you have the same laugh. Now, those superficial things are not all that you inherited from them. You didn't just inherit genetics from them. You inherited their entire mindset. And we said, your mindset is the num- is, predicts 100% what your life will be. Right? So if you inherited a mediocre mindset from your parents, then of course, you're also going to have mediocre results. So when you start to learn about this, even when I learned about this, I became very upset, right? at the environment I grew up in, at uh, my parents and so on. So when you learn, when you start to learn about the subconscious mind, this is natural. You're going to become upset, angry, maybe angry at your dad, angry at your mother, your parents, or whoever the heck raised you. So notice that, of course, it is true that they created your mediocre life, but now you're an adult. Now, there reaches an age. I think J.K. Rowling might have said this, right? They reaches an age, uh, what uh, basically blaming your parents for your life's outcomes has an expiry date. Right? There reaches a time when once you become a man, where it's not, it's true they, the par- your parents fucked you up, but you can't continue blaming them. Right? It's better to find a way to. I don't know if you'll arrive at forgiveness, but at least you gotta stop blaming them. Understand that that's how they are, and then you gotta figure out solutions. You have to figure out all the nonsense they programmed into you, and then unprogram it, remove it. That's part of what this podcast is about, right? It helps you to remove all the mediocrity that was programmed into you. Yeah. So, yeah, for example, like let's say if you got any one of my audios here, uh, let's say my, uh, my, my episodes, let's say you got one episode of mine and you listen to it every single day for a year, right? You'll have succeeded in removing a lot of the mediocrity that was taught to you, right? But you'd have to repeat it over and over again for such a thing to happen. Tweet number two from at creation 24 7 he says your job in life should be to leave the world a better place than you found it you won't do this by watching netflix all day trust me <laughs> at creation 24 7 has a vendetta against netflix i uh, not really but yeah yeah netflix is just an image yeah yeah you can't i'm not saying don't have fun don't watch movies right recreation relaxation are also very important right they're part of the process So what I say is work hard, play hard. When it's time to work, work really hard. And then when it's time to rest, rest. But what he's talking about here is somebody who's always resting and doesn't work. So the guy's on Netflix all day just watching movies or wasting his life away. He doesn't know what his purpose is. He has no life plan. He's just on Netflix. Um, Correct. So look, the conveniences you enjoy now are because of certain men in the past. These men did not uh, these men uh, did not quit these men forgone for went netflix they forwent the radio they forwent they forwent entertainment in order to provide you with the conveniences you enjoy the computer that you're using the mobile phone that you're using right? these were people who are working around the clock sacrificing everything these men sacrificed everything to get you to where you are now 
the plane that you fly in, the, the roads that you, that you drive on, uh, the food that you eat. Men have made tremendous sacrifices to bring all th these things to you. They found a, they found a world that was uh, not com incomplete with many problems. They dedicated their lives and solved some of those problems. As a result, they left the world better for you than the way they found it. It is now your job as a man. You have a duty to leave the world better for the next generation of human beings and the way you found it. And the way you do that is by putting in the work and by being selfish and by pursuing your dream. But how are you going to do that if you're watching Netflix all day? At Creation 24-7 is absolutely right. Tweet number three from At Creation 24-7. You become ten times more powerful when you find a small circle of friends that are comfortable talking about strategy, investing, and business. So, correct. I would say, in fact, that the small circle of friends uh, is just a powerful thing. So long as all of you are in harmony, you like each other, and you're all moving in the same direction. That is very powerful. I mean, association with the right people can accelerate your growth maybe 10 times or more. Right? So if you try to do things alone, you proceed much slower. Right? It's just like uh, even in sports. Let's say, I mean, I noticed this, for example, in chess, right? I'd tried to learn chess on my own in the past and the growth was not so rapid. But when I got a coach, I, was, I, I learned in one lesson maybe what before would have taken me a month to figure out on my own. That's the power of a coach. Right. And of course, that's also the power of books, by the way. Right. Uh, a book can also become your friend. If you get a book by a really smart person, Winston Churchill, anybody who's done something great in life. If you get that book and you study it deeply, it's like kind of associating with the prime minister. Right. So the alarm just uh, went off. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like associating with the prime minister. What do you think is going to happen to you if you associate with prime ministers and presidents and great people all the time? What do you think you're going to become? You're going to become great as well. It's inevitable. You are, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If you spend your, your time with people who are discussing strategy, investing, and business, then you're going to become an expert in those areas. If you invest your time listening to the right people, you're going to become great as well. So tweet three from at creation 24-7, that's absolutely uh, right. All right, so let's, um, yeah, let's let's see. So at, at creation 24-7 has also given us another uh, tweet, tweet four. The real flex isn't buying a Rolex, it's buying time. So this expression, the real flex, is actually new to me. But I guess it's saying it's, I mean, it's not really a big deal. Like buying a big deal is not, uh, buying a Rolex is not really like the, the greatest of deals, right? Um, but if you can buy time, that's really amazing. I think that's the sense of the, of the, of the tweet here. Um, well, it is correct. Um, why is, uh, is time more valuable than a Rolex? Of course. Is time more valuable than money? Of course. Why? You can get more time. You can get more Rolexes. Sorry, you can get more Rolexes. <laughs> you can get more money, but you can never get more time. Right? So there's only a fixed amount of time, and no matter what you try, whether you're Bill Gates or whether you're the brokest guy on the street, we all got 24 hours, and uh, none of us can get more time, no matter how hard we try. Right? This kind of the the limits imposed on us by, by nature. Um, 
but of course there are things you could do to gain time of course right so it's amazing if you can gain time buy time right and so how do you buy time right for so for example in business there's a principle of delegating so for example let's say at my house where i live right now i have a maid right the maid cooks my meals cleans the house i should take care of a lot of the mean the, the details in my life so that i can focus all my time on work so in a sense she i'm buying time right so i mean we pay her some money and she does certain work which frees up like many hours for us in a day right that we don't have to spend that say i don't have to spend uh, working on those details at all um because we've basically we've bought we've we've got her to spend her time doing things that we don't want to do and as a result we now have more time to ourselves right i got more time to myself so this is the same thing with uh, with business isn't it so now uh, in in other businesses as well so if you could pay somebody to do a lot of the tasks in your business maybe there's a task like let's say if you're running a podcast one of the tasks you might hate is editing episodes well if you hire somebody to edit episodes for you maybe you've saved yourself 4 or 5 hours of work let's say maybe maybe 2 or 3 hours a day i don't know depending on how much you edit so you've just bought yourself more time and then of course it's very powerful to do this right if you can get people to perform a lot of tasks you can buy yourself more time there's also a principle i think called multiplying time which is uh basically you can get yourself to make progress that is equivalent to several hours so maybe you can make uh one week's worth of progress in a day if you can hire people to do work for you right so maybe let's say right let's say normally it would take you uh let's say you have to work 10 hours a day right you have to work 10 hours a day but if you hired um I want to make it simple here let's make the math simple right let's say you work 10 hours a day right so in a week you work uh, 70 hours so you've just made uh, sorry in a week you work 70 hours so 70 hours represents a week's progress to you but imagine if you hired let's say i don't know seven more people right seven more people and all of them worked 10 hours a day for you right at the same time so today you work 10 hours and the rest of your team the remaining seven people also work at uh, 10 hours and then you've made more than you you've now worked 80 hours you've you've worked you've basically worked 80 hours in a day right so you've made more than one week's amount of progress in a day so you can also multiply time and in a sense you're also buying time if you do this then you could maybe spend the rest of the if you do the this week's work today then the rest of the week you could spend it doing something else that matters to you right so this is this is really important if you can buy time that's very powerful and it's worth the money to it's worth spending the money to buy to buy time right i think i was um, listening to this guy what's his name john clark maxwell right the the great leadership but the teacher in leadership written i don't know 70 or more books on leadership and was talking about how right uh, he's not going to mow the lawn at his house he's going to pay somebody to mow the lawn right um, he's he's going to pay people to do all sorts of things that way he has all the time in the world to do what matters to him which which is studying leadership teaching leadership so that's right if you're going to achieve your dream then of course 
you need to focus the maximum amount of your time on your work and delegate all sorts of other details to other people, even if it costs you money. Because in the long run, when you achieve your dream, you'll have more money and you'll be able to do more. And so think of it as an investment. You invest a few dollars and hire somebody to clean your house, cook your meals or whatever. And uh, that little investment enables you to earn millions in the future and so on. That's, that's one way to think about it. All right. That's a nice tweet from at creation, at creation 24-7. Tweet number five from at creation 24-7. The biggest reason people fail is because they are too scared to actually succeed. Correct. So it might be a little strange to you at first, at first right? At, at first, because you might think to yourself, well, there are many reasons. I mean, if, you, if I ask you, why, why, why has your life been a failure until now? Why have you screwed up so badly? Why aren't you where you want to be? You'll give me many reasons. You might not even, it might not even occur to you to mention that you're just afraid of success. The fear of success is absolutely important. Fear is always related to the unknown. We're always afraid of the unknown. What is fear? Fear is to look into the future and imagine a negative outcome. So if I see a lion and I imagine my future with this lion, where it's... uh, where I'm basically, you know, my bowels are inside of its belly and my bones are scattered all over the place. If I imagine such a future, of course I'm going to be scared of the lion. But if, so, if I'm somebody who, let's say, uh, I mean, I have a deep relationship with this particular lion. I've, I've raised it since it was a cub. We've spent a lot of time together. Then when I see the lion, I just imagine good times. And obviously there's no fear. So it's your imagination that uh, creates fear. Now, think about it. If you're middle class or broke, then and you've been that way all your life, then all you know is being middle class and broke. You actually don't understand riches. You've watched a few movies on riches. You've seen a few documentaries of uh, the life of the rich and famous, but you have no idea what it's like to be rich, rich. You have no idea what it's like to succeed. You don't know what it's like to own a private jet. You don't know what it's like to live in a castle. You don't know what it's like to be waited upon 24-7 by people. You don't know what it's like to have 10 cars. That's a scare. That's an unknown to you. Right? And typically for most people, when you imagine an un- the unknown, when you look into the future and see the unknown, you imagine all the negative things that could happen. So if you imagine, so that's why, right? Uh, let's say you try to think about your dream a little bit. Maybe you're doing a job you hate and then you imagine your future you see yourself maybe as a great scientist. Or maybe you, you, you think about your future and you see yourself running the entire country. Right? And then very quickly a thought comes to your mind, that's not possible. How are you going to do that? What if you lose the election? Right? What do you think your father is going to think when you tell him or when you tell him about this dream of yours? People are going to laugh at you. This is fear. You're looking into the future, imagining a negative outcome. And therefore... You're not taking action, right? You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not pursuing it. So this is this. This is very true. Your number one enemy is fear, right? So, for example, like I tell you on this podcast, right? Uh, to achieve your dream, if it's really a dream, you're gonna be working all the time. So we're saying, if you're lazy, eighty hours a week. That's scary. If you've never worked that hard in your life, that's scary. If you let's imagine you're working forty hours a week or less. And all of a sudden, somebody saying, hey, you want to achieve your dream? You want to be 
the greatest? You want to be the, the world's first trillionaire? Well, right. then you're going to have to work 80, 80 to 100 hours a week. You say, what? Right. I mean, your mind automatically freezes, right? You, I mean, you try to calculate and see that. Look, look, try and think about it. And imagine how painful it might be, maybe the headaches or whatever. You think about that negative future and you get back on the couch, right? Somebody says, oh, yeah, he's sitting on the couch eating a bunch of potato chips. And then he's, uh, he's, uh, he's imagining himself. Uh, basically, he's thinking about maybe he wants to be an Olympian. So he's obese and he's sleeping and sitting on the couch watching the bachelorette and eating potato chips. And then he imagines himself as an Olympian, right? Immediately, his mind will shut down that idea. What are you talking about? I mean, you'll have to work out six, seven hours a day. Do you know how painful that would be? I mean, you can't even do one push-up, right? So already you're imagining a negative future. Fear kicks in and stops you automatically. That is your number one enemy. Another way to think about fear is just fear is un uncontrolled imagination. So when you don't have control over your imagination, which means that when you're not willful, when you don't know how to reject negative ideas and to control your own mind, you become afraid. So this is your number one enemy. You need to learn to control your own mind. You need to learn to reject negative thoughts about the future and embrace positive ones about the future. All successful people, the best of the best, are optimists. They look into their future and they see great stuff. If you can't do that, you'll never succeed. This is a very good uh, tweet from at creation 24-7. That's the fifth tweet from at creation 24-7. And by the way, remember that uh, you can check out his masterclass. Uh, 20, go, go check out his website, masterclass247.com. And if you want to learn how to go viral on social media, this is the guy to talk to. So do check out his, uh, do, do, do check out his website. Guest number 14, Masculine Soul at Masculine Soul. Um, he gives timeless masculine wisdom and harsh truths. He's on a mission to make men fit, rich, and successful with women. He's the author of Ironclad Discipline, which is the ultimate handbook on how to get things done. Um, and of course, the link to Ironclad Discipline is uh, in on his Twitter page. Page, So I'll put that in the description of this video as well, at Masculine Soul. So let's go through his tweets. At Masculine Soul, tweet one. Before getting in an argument, just remember... Most people are more interested in appearing right than they are than they are in actually being right. Yeah, I think part of this is um, I think part of what this alludes to is you want to learn to pick your battles. You don't have to fight over every little thing, right? So Sun Tzu in the Art of War talks about the ideal way to win is without fighting, right? And uh, in chess we have many ways to play. So you could be aggressive. Uh, which means you're making attacks, you're attacking directly, and you could also be more positional, maneuvering type player, indirect player. Right? Of course, it's it's much easier to uh, it's much easier to fight something if it's much. I mean, if you know somebody's attacking, you can defend yourself. But the hardest thing to do is to defend yourself when you don't even know you're being attacked. I mean, what are you gonna do? Right. So this is why. Like, let's say, uh, I mean. A military, armed forces from a foreign country landed in your country right now, right? They landed with weapons and grenades. We all know we're being attacked. We can start thinking of what to do, right? We can start mobilizing ourselves. But imagine if, uh, I mean, the, the, the hardest types of battles. For example, right now, there are a lot of ideology 
right, that is uh, destroying the country. We talked about one of them, right? One of them is just basically feminism, right? Destroying the country and all sorts of weak ideologies of all kinds, right? Those are my, those are indirect ways of destroying a country. Now, first of all, you can't get everybody to agree, or you can't get all Americans or all people in your country to agree that uh, that basically these ideologies are the enemy. Some think they're great, some think they're part of progress. Right? This is the power of indirect means of uh, attack. Now you don't really know, you can't agree it's an enemy, and you're not even sure how to fight it. It's much harder. But when you attack directly, right, there are military lands here, everybody agrees we have been invaded. We unite and we fight. So it's always so. This is why it's part of sometimes it's hard to deal with uh, women, right? Because women by nature are physically weaker than you. It's sometimes it's harder, easier to deal with men, right? So if I come and uh, if I come to you, right, and I, I come in an aggressive manner, I come holding punches or running at you. You at least have an idea what to do. You punch back. Maybe you get the nearest knife and you know. Or pick up your gun and try to shoot. It, it's clear what to do, right? With men, it's we're more direct, so you know how to fight. But uh, a woman will also fight you. But women are physically weak. Weak. As a result, they cannot fight you directly. They can fight you indirectly, though, in a very effective way, right? Uh, and of course, anybody who's been through the the courts, right, uh, the divorce courts and so on and so on, knows how how effective women can be at fighting, just very indirectly, right? nagging you uh, just all sorts of things that just undermine you gently you know and then they take you down that way right it's much more effective right so this is why you have to be more careful with women because they're indirect fighters by nature because they're they're physically weak compared to a man much much weaker so why were we talking about this though um yes yeah, so in this case because uh at Masculine Soul is talking about most people are more interested in appearing right than they are in actually being right. So think about this before getting into an argument. Yes. So you can get somebody to do what you want without having to argue with them. Right. So, I mean, if you want somebody to, you want somebody to do something, right, I mean, you can argue with them, but notice they're going to stick by their position. Or you can get them to do what you want by making them feel right. The second approach is more covert indirect and therefore your opponent <laughs> your opponent is less likely uh, less likely to resist you right so of course when you're selling you this is one of the things you do you never oppose or get into an argument with a prospect right you don't do that uh, but uh, you make them feel right but you maneuver them towards what you want right so which is the sale in this case and so on so tweet number two that's very correct uh, don't waste your energy in arguments this is kind of dumb like, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at movies, right, uh, if you look at movies or Hollywood, they will typically glorify the great warrior, you know, Achilles, who shows up with his shield and spear, attacks and kills everybody, great warriors, you know, um, <laughs> from the olden days, Rambo, right, Rambo Chuck Norris can show up and take down an entire army on his own, Steven Seagal, etc. These are, these are all. These are kind of older actors, huh? but even today we do have some modern guys who are just badasses. They fight everybody and so on. But uh, look, if you need to get to the point where you're fighting, it's you shouldn't really be proud of that, right? Uh, because if you are more strategic, you would never have to get to fight. You'd have solved problems before they even arise, right? So it's much. Uh, 
before before you get attacked, you should have foreseen that and already put in place measure, measures so that the attack never actually materializes. You solve things before they happen. That's much more intelligent. Right? If, you, if you get to the point where you have to argue with people, you, you have to th- rethink what you're doing. Because if you're more strategic, more organized, the arguments would never need to show up. The people would just be doing what you want them to do, let's say. Or uh, because the arguments are fights, make no mistake about it. They're not physical fights, but they're fights. They take something out of you emotionally, like boxers. They usually say that a boxer has a finite number of fights in them. There's a certain number of fights you have in you, maybe 10, 11 fights, 3, 2. But the point is, uh, yeah, because fighting takes too much out of you. So you're not going to fight infinitely. You're not going to fight 50 fights. Maybe by fight 8, you're done. And if you try to go in the ring after fight eight, maybe you lose your life or you'll break your neck or something like this. Right? So fights take too much out of you. And this is, this is true with physical fights. It's also true with mental and emotional fights. Right? If you, if you've, if you've ever argued with, uh, uh, if you've ever argued with your girlfriend or constantly argued with somebody, you'll notice that these arguments are taking life out of you. This is the same with people as well. If you argue, you get emotionally invested and it takes energy, life out of you. It's almost like it puts toxins in the system. So you want to really reduce the amount of times you argue with people. right? Uh, only only uh, limited to when it's really necessary. And remember, the ideal is to win without fighting. Sun Tzu. At Masculine Soul, thank you for that tweet. That was brilliant. At Masculine Soul also says, Twitch 2, I don't have gym access. Uh... I don't have gym access is not an excuse. Your muscles can't tell the difference between a barbell and your body's weight. Mass is mass. If pull-ups, push-ups, dips, and air squats are easy for you, do harder variations. Manipulate the leverages to make the exercise harder. Yeah, yeah. This is basically talking about making excuses, waiting for conditions to be perfect before you act. You act. So maybe you want to get physically fit, but uh, instead of actually using what you got, body weight, doing push-ups and dips, you decide, no, uh, I don't have gym access, so I'm going to hold off on working out until I get the perfect equipment. This is the mentality of a failure. If you behave in this way, you'll never succeed. Never, never succeed. You're supposed to, you're supposed to do the best you can with, with what you got. And if you take that approach, eventually the right equipment will come to you. So if you start out with push-ups and pull-ups and dips, and it turns out that you really need a barbell, no worries. Right? Uh, the, the means of getting a barbell will come to you. You will earn the money, you'll get the idea, somebody will donate it to you, you'll find a way to make your own barbell. If it's really necessary, it will come. right? But first you do what you got. You do you you do the best you can with what you have, and uh, never wait for conditions to be perfect, because they never will be. Right? I mean, you can have a perfect day, but are you going to have a perfect week? I doubt it. Perfect month? No. There's going to be a day when there's going to be a day when things go bad, and if you and if uh, you have to stop every time things go bad, you're never going to go anywhere. So that's a great tweet from at masculine at masculine soul. Tweet number three from at masculine soul. 
Lots of guys wish to have unlimited free time and zero responsibilities. Understand that this this is the most boring mundane fate you could subject yourself to. Drifting by with no goals to pursue is worse than being dead. Man is forged under pressure, responsibility and hardship. Yeah, so this is a very good one. Yes, uh, looking for life with unlimited free time and zero responsibilities. Correct, correct. So this is the most boring mundane fate you could subject yourself to. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, it, it's some of those things. Um, I mean, just if you have this type of desire, it's because uh, you haven't yet seen the realities completely. If you have the desire to just have free time and zero responsibilities, it's because you haven't really experienced what it's like to have unlimited free time and zero responsibilities. You haven't experienced it enough. It's almost like a childish attitude. It's like, you know, when you're a kid and uh, maybe your parents don't give you enough candy. Maybe you, you want to eat like... Maybe you want to eat more candy and your parents say, no, 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 you've had enough. One is enough or two are enough. You don't want to have that much sugar in your system. Naturally, you because you've been deprived of them, your natural desire is to eat more. And you imagine that you could eat an entire bucket, you could inter eat an entire room full, an entire mountain full of candy. But of course, all the adult has to do, or sugar maybe, right? Uh, when I was a kid, I think, yeah, mom would give me... Uh, yeah, yeah, let's say, I mean, they had limits on how much sugar I could take, right? So how many teaspoons of sugar I could put in a cup. So maybe I'll put like maybe two or three. Uh, I was only allowed to maybe put two or three. Naturally, when they were not looking, I tried to put in, you know, sneak in extra teaspoons uh, of sugar because I thought I could, there's no limit to how much sugar I can consume. So maybe try and sneak in 10 or 11, but then it becomes too sweet and you can't really consume it. So basically, by experiencing certain things to excess, you realize that they're not the best for you. So th th this this is one of the simple ways. I think um, Dan Locke, right? Dan Locke was talking about this, how when he became a millionaire, uh, he decided, look, I've now succeeded. It's time for me to relax, right? So I think he sold his business or something and had all this money and decided to go and chill out, right? And uh, I mean, after, like, I don't think it even took a week, he was losing his mind. Right, with all this boredom, just with unlimited free time, uh, technically unlimited money is just a lot of money and zero responsibilities. Right, And eventually he had to stop that nonsense and go and start building a new company. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, if you really think this is the ideal, just experience it in excess. And you realize you can't do it. Uh, just, just have unlimited free time, zero responsibilities and you start feeling bad. You've probably had a bit of this as well. Maybe when you spend a time watching too much Netflix or videos or whatever, playing too many computer games and not progressing in life. It's fun, like, it's fun maybe, let's say if you graduate from school, it might be fun the first week. But by week three or week four, you may, you may continue doing it, but you start feeling bad about yourself. You start feeling uncomfortable. Right? You start feeling weak, uh, undisciplined, lazy. There's a reason for that because it's basically nature telling you you're, on the, you're, off, you're off track. It's not normal for a man to just have unlimited time and zero responsibilities, right? Unlimited free time, no. Actually, you're happier when you're working, right? You want to work really hard and then eventually take breaks, relax, take some free time, and then get back to working really hard and take on responsibilities. We're not saying you should take on all the responsibilities, 
or you should take on foolish responsibilities, but you need to be responsible for something. As a man who's trying to achieve his dream, uh, you basically are responsible for your dream. And we said you, you, this is the dominant man podcast. You're supposed to dominate. To dominate something, it means you're in charge of it, right? You're responsible for it. So there's no escaping responsibility if you want to, if, if you're a dreamer, somebody wants to do something great. Yes, this is, uh, understand that this is the most boring, mundane, mundane fate you could subject yourself to. Unlimited free time, zero responsibilities. Drifting by with no goals to pursue is worse than being dead. Yes, why would you say it's worse, worse than being dead? Well, I mean, I guess there's probably many ways to look at it. Uh, I mean, I always view it as if you have no goals, you have nothing to you you have nothing to look forward to. You're in a sense you're a zombie, you're the living dead. For him, he's saying if he's going even worse, he's saying uh, it's worse than being dead. Why is that? I'm trying to think about it. One way to think about it is, I guess, this way. Um, When you're dead, you're dead. You don't uh, feel anything. But, I mean, if you're going around with no goals, I mean, you're just in a sense of tremendous misery. Also, um, I guess, you know, think about it. Um, not pursuing your goals uh, is basically, or drifting by is almost, it's, it's kind of the process of dying. Now, tell me this, which is better, to be dying or to be dead? Dead is, death is final, but the process of dying is more painful. Right? It's, it's more painful. You realize you're losing life. You're scared about what's going to happen. Your relatives are around you and so on, worried about you. The, the dying process is not fun, but being dead, I guess, you know, there's nothing there, I guess. I mean, it's all right. It's, it's over now. It's done. Right? So when you're drifting around with no goals, you're definitely dying because you're not progressing. And if you're not progressing, you're dying. So you're in the process of dying which is worse than being dead, one way to look at it. But of course, I, I need to think more about this. And uh, at Masculine Soul might have uh, perhaps a better explanation. Uh, by the way, if you do, please, uh, please tell me. Uh, please tell me what you mean. I want to hear your perspective on this at Masculine Soul. Uh, why is drifting with no goals uh, to pursue worse than being dead from your own point of view? Yes, a man is forged under pressure, responsibility and hardship. That's true. Tweet number three, tweet number four from at masculine soul. If you as a man are not willing to make sacrifices for your future and your loved ones, you don't understand masculinity. Yeah, I think uh, that is the essence of masculinity. Uh, masculinity is about sacrifice. Masculinity is about doing that which is hard. To do that which is which is hard requires sacrifice. In fact, if you're trying to go after a dream, if you're trying to become the best of the best at what you do, if you're trying to dominate your field, then obviously you have to give, you have to be completely obsessed. You have to give all of yourself. Every single ounce of yourself, you got to give it to the dream. So, of course, that's a tremendous sacrifice. Because in essence, what you're doing is you're sacrificing your life. Right? You, you, the goal in life is not to find something to live for. Your goal in life is to find something to die for, something that is so important you're willing to sacrifice your life for it. In listening to this podcast, you have died for this podcast episode. Right? You have basically sacrificed, traded your life for this podcast episode. So it better be important. Otherwise, if it's not, you, you turn it off now. You don't want to 
waste your life, sacrifice your life for something that's meaningless to you. Right? And that's the case indeed. You want to sacrifice yourself for your future and your loved ones, for people who matter to you. That's correct. And if you do that, then then you're a man. You know, if, if you're not doing that, you're not really living like a man and you're not going to be happy with it. Tweet number five from Ad Masculine Soul. You can never make someone change if they don't want to change. Show them the way. Let them know you're available for help. But that's it. Don't be pushy. The more they feel like they're being forced, the less likely they are to do it. Insistence is met with resistance. <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, the natural instinct of a human being is to resist when pushed, right? If somebody pushes you, you want to resist. We don't like to be forced. We are like we are creatures that love. We are creatures that love freedom and liberty. Any attempt to push us in any particular direction is made by resistance. If somebody feels like you're trying to push them into something, even if it's good for them, they're naturally going to resist it. That's correct. I've experienced this. So, yeah, I mean, and why are some people ready to change and others not? It's, it's really a mystery to me. I'm not completely sure why. Why do some people want to change? Why are some people ready to transform and pursue their dream? While most are not, we don't know. And people become ready at different ages. Some people are ready to pursue their dream at age 5. Others, age 10, they become serious at age 10. Others will become serious as teenagers. Others will become serious in their 20s. Others, suddenly the light bulb turns on at 40. Others in their 70s and others not in this lifetime. What is it that makes people want to change? I really don't know. Not sure. And so uh, basically, and you cannot help some. you cannot move somebody who's unwilling. Right. If they're not willing to change, you know, you, you're not going to really make them change. It's a personal decision. So that's that's exactly right. Uh, don't be pushy. Just let them. If if just understand that they may or, ne- or may never be ready, and you have to be okay with that. Right? That's uh, that's what they become is not really in your control. Maybe if they were in like ages zero to seven, then you can have a lot of influence on what they become by setting the right example, by teaching the right, by teaching them the right values. But even then you can't be sure, you know, like, I mean, I mean, giving birth to a kid is like a strange thing because you do not know what you're giving birth to. You have no idea what you're giving birth to, who you're giving birth to. You have no idea what they're going to become. You can do your best, but it's really in their hands what they become, right? So, this desire to control people, this attitude is not the best. It's not the best. Let uh, let people uh, develop at their own pace. If they're ready to change, then great. And sometimes they might be ready to do things, but just not with you, which is fine. People di- need different kinds of teachers. Right. So that's the fifth tweet from At Masculine Soul. Thank you very much, At Masculine Soul. Be sure to check out his book, Ironclad Discipline. The unlimited handbook on how to get things done. Right, check it. Check that out on his Twitter page, and I'm going to link that in the description. Guest number fifteen, our final guest for today, the masculine sage at masculine sage. That's his Twitter handle. He makes men masculine, stronger, and assertive. He makes women feminine and virtuous. We're lucky that is that is lacking in many ways. Correct. That used to be a theme in the past. Um, virtuous women but now nobody talks about that stuff we talk about strong and independent women now uh who don't need a man and so on so yes we need that he's a youtuber who 
whose channel is called the Masculine Sage. So at Masculine Sage, tweet one, if you are not superior to your wife in every term by a huge margin, the polarity in your relationship will suffer. Correct. Uh, women always go after, are looking for a superior uh, in a man. Right? They always, why, why are they looking for a superior? Look at it biologically. Women are programmed as child bearers. They are supposed to, their primary aim is to find somebody who's going to protect and pay for their offsprings. Right? So who's most likely to do that? It's going to be somebody who's of a higher status than her. If you're of the same st status as her or less, she doesn't really need you then, does she? If she has more money than you, she doesn't really need you because even if you are not there, she could still take care of her offspring, you see. Uh, if she's physically stronger than you, then, I mean, why does she need you, right? Uh, she can protect herself. So she's always going to look for a man who is stronger, has more money, uh, is uh, of a higher status, a higher level than she is. Because such a man is going to protect her. He's gonna, he can do what she can't do. He can protect her offspring better. This is the biological drive for it. This is why women are never happy, really, with a man who makes less than them or exactly the way they do. I mean, they may settle for it, but they would prefer if you made more money than they did. They would definitely prefer if you're physically stronger. They'll feel very unsafe and uncomfortable if you're physically weaker than them and so on. So that's correct. You have to be superior to your wife in every term by a huge margin yeah because she's looking for a leader uh if she's the leader that's a problem that, that's a huge problem man she's gonna hate it you're gonna hate being led by a woman it's just not gonna it's not gonna work out tweet number two no problem in life from at masculine sage tweet number two no problem in life is too big weak men are raised to make a big deal out of everything don't start crying when life puts you through problems. Yes, correct. So that this is in a way this is an emotional reaction to things. This this kind of when you behave this way, you're behaving emotionally, right? Uh, that's I mean the genius makes things simple. The idiot makes things harder, right? This emotional attitude is unsuited for a man. You can't be this way. You take the mi the most minor detail and you make it the biggest thing and you worry about it all the time. Uh, yeah, if you behave this way, you can't solve problems. I mean, I mean, you 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 don't you you, you can't progress in this manner, right? You want to take the biggest problems and break them down into smaller pieces and solve them. The man is a problem solver. That's where your value comes from, your ability to solve problems. Nobody else, no, nobody's going to come to you. No woman is going to come to you if you're not a problem solver. You have nothing to offer, nothing to offer at all. I mean, people will go to women just because they're attractive and they got a pussy, right? But you're not a woman, man. So you got to bring something to the table, right? Um, and that is your capacity to solve problems and handle challenges. You, you, you got to do that at the very least. And the way that starts is by not making problems too big. If you make them too big, and you worry about them, and you start crying, you're basically not in a state to solve these problems. In fact, you're admitting that the problems, you, can, you cannot solve them. So once you're like this, uh, I mean, good luck getting anything done. Tweet number three from at Masculine Sage. Burgers and pizzas are not food. They are slow poisons developed to kill <laughs> masculinity. Yeah, so basically the point is... Um, 
uh, think about it. Um, your entire body is a machine and your body has a function. The way you navigate the physical world is with a mind and body. These are the only tools you have for navigating the physical world. If you had no mind or no body, you, could, you couldn't do anything in this uh, physical world, on this planet. So these are your best tools. And the degree to which you interact and achieve your goals on this planet is determined by the state of your mind and the state of your body, obviously. So you want to keep your body in as good a shape as possible. So you want to be careful what you feed it, right? So, of course, if you feed it too badly and you don't take care of it at all, then and the body becomes sick, your ability to pursue your dreams becomes uh, limited. So you, you want to take care of your mind and body. These are the only tools you've got to nav navigate this world. And you're going to need them if you're going to achieve your dream. Tweet number four from Admasculine Sage. Do not marry any woman who doesn't align with your purpose. She should believe in your purpose and your values. Correct. If you don't do this, you're just inviting trouble. Yeah, you need to have, you need to be with people, a woman and anybody else. They must be aligned with your values. Otherwise, avoid them like the plague, please. Otherwise, they'll, they'll kill your dream, man. Be careful. Tweet number five from At Masculine Sage. In lack of a strong father, the kids struggle to become masculine slash feminine. They are at the mercy of destiny to find good mentors in life. If they don't, they stay confused about their gender all their lives. <laughs> all their life. Yes, yes. Um, correct. So we have we have an issue, right, with the absence of uh, fathers. Um, and basically, the Western world, the way it behaves, uh, the attitude is that men are not necessary, that having a father is optional because being a single mother is cool and women can do it all. They're strong and independent. They can raise kids on their own. But of course, as you know, men, when, when kids don't have a father in the house, uh, I mean... Typically, imagine the t a typical single mother household. What do you think the mother is telling the kids about their father? Right? It's going to be negative stuff, right? usually. And the father is not there to defend himself, and the kids probably can't see the dad, so they can't hear his point of view. So the mom is going to demonize the kid, the, the demonize the husband, uh, or the, whatever. She, the woman is going to demonize the man, right? the father of the kids, in front of the kids. Call him an asshole, call him whatever. So if the kids are girls and they're going to have a negative perspective of their dad and negative perspective of men. And if uh, they're boys, of course, uh, well, they have no idea what it's like to be a man, right? Uh, and worst of all, they're going to look for a woman who's like their mother. And of course, they're going to look for, uh, you know, again, because since she has to take care of the kids on her own, she's going to be, uh, she's going to have maybe more masculine traits, perhaps. Well, she, she, she has to have something wrong with her because she can't maintain a relationship, right? And so if he goes and finds, if he then goes later on and finds such a woman, the probability of the marriage ending or the relationship not working out is multiplied tremendously. And uh, that's part of the problem with the Western world. Let's say America, right? Uh, too many fucking men have been raised by women. That's why they have no idea what it's like to be a man. They're too weak. They cry all the time. I mean, when I went to college for the first time, I, um, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, when I was in Africa, you know, we're accustomed to being beaten, right? I got lots of beatings from dad, lots of beatings in school. So, certainly, I mean, even after the beatings, we didn't cry, right? I didn't cry even after being beaten, right? I mean, I might feel the pain, but I'm not going to cry, right? So, I saw, I saw that as a kind of a measure of toughness. 
right but when i moved to when i went to america to study um yeah i think i was having some disagreement with a roommate of mine a guy right so i was talking to him a little harshly but nothing too harsh not even an insult actually but i was telling him things directly right and the guy broke down into tears and i could not believe what i was saying how right i mean i didn't even know how to act you know, with a guy crying in front of me uh for reasons that are not serious I mean if like he'd lost a he'd lost a parent I understand you know if they amputated his leg I'd understand that but no such thing just a few words the guy, guy breaks down into tears and this happened to me twice I couldn't believe it of course I didn't comfort them I was just completely confused I could not believe the level of weakness I was experiencing right so but that's because I I grew up in uh, societies that respect men grew up with a dad and so on but most people don't have this so they end up behaving like their mom which is uh, crying when things get hard breaking down and so on this is the pussy way to life uh, definitely not the way for not not the way of a man so this is uh, at masculine sage uh, we've finished the fifth tweet from him uh, be sure to check out his youtube channel called the masculine sage um and check out his twitter page as well at masculine sage i'm putting that in the description of this uh, video Uh, of this uh, audio not video i used to make <laughs> videos before so yeah we've actually reached the end of our show uh, if you want to talk to me about your dreams please shoot me an email uh, i think you'll find my email uh, you'll find my email in the description and uh, this podcast is available on um, a couple of apps now we are not yet on apple podcasts but you can find us on audible google podcasts radio the radio public app you can find us there and of course on uh, audible music uh, on amazon music but also just the audible app so you could you could find us there and uh, yeah i mean it was fun talking to you it was a long episode but i hope you enjoyed the wisdom that our guests had to share all right have a have a good day or night depending on where you are and uh, hope to catch you in the next uh, in the next episode bye